do not adjust your radio dial. You are tuned in to the Mark Order Podcast. Join the Mark Order. Welcome, everybody. It's Wednesday night, and you know what that means. We're here with a new Mark Order podcast for June 23rd, episode lucky number 13, Kate. Yes, lucky 13. I'm excited to be talking about it, even though it's like four days later, which is weird, but that's okay. I'm going to get it done. I'm but so Kate, glad. This that is you're, the, that Sorry. You, no, 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 you're all good. I was just going to say I'm glad that you bothered to show up because... Yeah, it's pretty much just us two anymore. Well, you know, we've got an update. Uh, we've got an update on that. But I was going to say, at least the good thing is that by the time we're on air next week, we'll be back to Wednesday Night Dynamites. So we'll have, we're going to have the Saturday Night Dynamite this week. Um, so we will talk to you about that card as we get later on the show. If you listen to us, you know how we do. Uh, we'll get through everything in the week of AEW up to this point. Um, uh, but uh, next week, we'll be back on Wednesday night. We'll have live Dynamite. We'll talk a little bit about the Saturday night Dynamite. Um, and, you know, we'll roll on from there. But, Kate, yes, as you have bought up, it's it's back to us. The two, you know, the two-person group, the dynamic duo... Yeah. Uh, the evil Uno and Stu Grayson of the Mark Order podcast. Uh, we're definitely not the Cole Cabana and the Allen Five Angels. We're better than that. We uh, are. Plus, like, I'm in love with Cole Cabana. So if that was like you or myself, that would just be weird. It'd be very narcissistic of me to be that I, in love with myself. I would have to be the Cole Cabana because I would not allow you to be that in love with yourself. But <laughs> Fair. I would Fair. reject you outright. Um, just to put that in your face, I'd be like, I'm Cole Cabana. Fuck you, Kate. Um, aggressive. Sorry. Um, so, uh, of course, uh, anybody watching, uh, and if you're watching on Facebook, thanks. Um, uh, obviously Matt's not here. Uh, you know, we told you about last week, he had some legal issues. He had a cease and desist, a gag order, whatever it has to be. Uh, he couldn't be here because of the little legal trouble going on after he apparently slandered manscape live on the air so um while that was all taken care of and he was due to be back with us tonight turns out kate that matt has a new passion that he decided to chase did you know about this he he was uh he was cutting wood in his own backyard you know (laughs) millionaire matt uh, i don't know if you listen to the monday night show but millionaire matt you know, he might have had people cut down the tree, but he was the one splitting all the wood. There it is. He fell in love with it so much. I don't know. Maybe you didn't see the email he sent, Kate, but he said, farewell. I'm going off to Canada to become a lumberjack. Now, I told him it's going to be fucking hot. It's the summer. And of Canada course. is not that far. Well, depending on where you go, it's pretty far north. But still, it's summer. So, I mean... Godspeed, good Matt. Uh, good luck with all your, um, you know, I'm going to call it compensation for other things, right? Sure. I clearly think he's trying to compensate 
for you know he can't hang pictures in the house he can't do basic uh repairs you know obviously Reed does all of that for him of course um so i think he's trying to compensate here kate i think he went to canada to lumberjack school or just straight out being a lumberjack to straight make up for it. that yeah makes sense the irony is that he hates lumberjack matches as do i so i guess he was like you know what I'm going to be a shoot lumberjack because I don't like work lumberjacks. So I get it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's trying to figure out a way where it's like maybe being an actual lumberjack will help me connect to lumberjack matches better. That could very well be. I truly think it's just a compensation thing. You know, it's like guys with small dicks get big trucks. Yeah. I think, I think it's like, you know, you know, I, I, I'm so, um, I can't do any of the things that I'm supposed to do around my own house. So I'm going to go to Canada and just become a lumberjack. That's, yeah. you know, here's so. another theory to throw at you. Mm-hmm. Is he trying to have a hobby that makes him money so that he can afford his other hobby of collecting figures and <laughs> six ROH pillow buddy guys. And <laughs> so much stuff. But as I'm saying that, I do have to say, I went to the residence of Millionaire Matt. Sorry, mm-hmm. Mansion. It's a millionaire. Yes. Yep. He gave me my belated birthday gift when we were watching Helena Cell. And I got to say, I'm your puppy. He gave me Eddie Guerrero things. Wow. And I was so excited. I so appreciate it so much. Which would. I look like <laughs> you're like uh, I don't know what to do yeah, with my, my hands. <laughs> we, I was driving real good, <laughs> but they're so sweet. He he knows Eddie's my guy. I love Eddie Guerrero so much, um, and he gave me this awesome Funko and his action figure, and I'm so excited about it. A Series Eight Eddie Guerrero Elite. Wow, love awesome. That's so elite. I was very touched that he even got me anything for my birthday. That was very sweet of him in general. Never mind that he went out of his way to give me my guy. So thank you wherever you are, Matt. I don't know which Canadian time zone you're in, but I appreciate it. If you're listening right now, um, if you're splitting that wood and your summer flannel with your work gloves on so you don't get blisters. Oh, no, no work, no work gloves. He's a, he's, I appreciate these. He's got to become a man's man. He's not wearing work gloves. Nothing, no safety gear. So, Kate, I just he have definitely to... would take no precautions whatsoever. Like, there's no way Matt's like, oh, I'm going to go about this the safe and correct way. No, well, who needs safety gear? <laughs> um, uh, so, Kate, but I do have to ask you a question, uh, because, um, a, uh, an individual who referred to himself as Wolfpack Raven once said, you only uh, consider Eddie Guerrero to be one of the greatest of all time because he's dead. Um, Which is that true, Kate? It's just because he's no! dead. So he is on my Mount Rushmore. If you're going to play that game, it's Brett, it's Eddie, it's Sean, it's Stone Cold of the ones that I think are like the best. CM Punk would have to be on my personal one. But yeah, that jerk who has since gotten himself booted for the discord, not because of his terrible takes, but because of his behavior. Otherwise said that the only reason that we would consider Eddie 
one of the goats, if you're going to use goat language, is because he died young, which is ridiculous because he was fucking awesome at every aspect of this business. And he had like a pretty healthy career. Definitely got cut short. But like you think about like Halloween Havoc 97 versus Mysterio and his Benoit matches and like all the promotions he wrestled for, like just the worst take in the whole wide world. And he like that take did not last long in our family discord where we respect everyone's opinion. And he came back and he disparaged the love of your life, Jade Cargill. So he just didn't belong with well, us. I'll say this. I was simply throwing out a nod out there to anybody who was involved with it to chuckle. You explained the whole thing way, way more than I was going to. So I guess thank you. But I'm like that Michael Jordan meme where they're like, and I took that personally. That's how I was with that Eddie Guerrero take. <laughs> I love Eddie. Oh, he's like one of the few wrestlers that like, because I didn't start watching till 09 that I would say like, I miss, even though I didn't see them in real time. Like he was, he is that like timeless to me and that um, persuasive on my, my like love of wrestling in general. So that's why I appreciate those action figures so much and my Funko and why Wolfpack Raven is the worst. Also Raven wasn't in the Wolfpack, but that was a whole other tangent that hopefully it'll come up at a, another point because that was one of the most entertaining things in the world. <laughs> it it has uh it has happened twice. Um it has happened twice where it came up and it was basically a full day of fun games in the Discord. <laughs> We're not gonna give that away. If you just want to hope it comes back or if you want more details, you should join the Shining Wizards Discord. They've got links on their social uh pages. Uh pretty sure we have a link somewhere too. Um Check it out. Jump into our Facebook, uh, you know, and I think we got some links up there, but it's a lot of fun. And as Kate said, we respect everybody's opinion, but when you're just an asshole, you're not going to last long uh, in the discord. So um, uh, I also want to bring up. Yeah. That there was a very special birthday boy this past week and his name is Aunt Money. And I hope you had the best day. It sounded like you were working your ass off, but you had baby A's birthday not that long ago and you had Father's Day and you had your birthday. So it's just been like a very eventful month and past week. And I just wanted to say on air, happy belated now birthday, but that we all love and appreciate everything that you do. You really quarterback to like getting the Mark Order brand off of the ground, but there's just like nothing... um, that I think people like more than Schlong's theme. So of all the contributions <laughs> that you've made, coordinating the logo, getting like all the fun voiceover lead-ins that we did. There's just like Schlong's themes, huge gap, everything else. But nonetheless, we appreciate everything you do. Another trip around the sun with you, sir. We got a party in style at ROH. I'll tell you what. Uh, well, we definitely are. We're going to be at Ring of Honor. Uh, thank you, Kate. First of all, I don't want to get let you. Uh, I don't want that to go by. Thank you. Uh, oh, of course. Uh, appreciate it. Um, also, I do need to just correct one thing. So you were correct. Baby Anthony's birthday, Father's Day, uh, my birthday. All that means is that I was overshadowed uh, this month because oh, of. Oh, no. <laughs> well, it's just, listen, it's the way it is. When you have kids, 
especially when their birthday is like a week or two before yours, uh, it's just over. Uh, so, but that's fine because I personally uh, don't like to make a big deal out of my birthday. It's just another day, you know. Uh, I worked uh, because I had to. Uh, <laughs> uh, if I didn't have to work, maybe I would have taken the day off, but I probably just would have hung out and relaxed and done nothing because uh, that's just how I am. Uh, that's I why know... I don't have kids because nothing's more important than my birthday. No, I'm just kidding. Well, <laughs> very true. But now, Kate, you're like a birthday weaker, right? It's my birthday month or like quarter. No, uh, I make that... that joke a lot because I am a white girl, but uh that no that shit drives me nuts because it's literally called your birthday you get one i get wanting to celebrate on a weekend because you don't want to be like hey everyone come out on this tuesday night but you don't you don't get to monopolize the whole span it's called a birthday Uh, i'm with you uh and 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 you didn't do anything your parents did so yeah your damn rule well true (laughs) um yeah no i i uh i just to me it's just another day like cool thanks uh, i'll take the i'll take the congratulations i've made it another year um <laughs> you know uh but to me it's just uh you know another day get to relax so we did i did have a good day i did work but uh we had some cake uh we had uh some uh some takeout uh that i wanted to uh have what's your uh, cake game where do you where so do i mean i'll i don't discriminate uh, sure. I look the way I look the way I look because I like cake. <laughs> um, uh, but to be honest, uh, this year it was uh, uh, Baby A and uh, and Nan uh, helped. Uh, they made my cake. It was a van- uh, vanilla, yeah, uh, confetti cake. You know, a funfetti. But it was uh, it was a homemade funfetti. It wasn't a box cake. That's so sweet. And literally. then. Na- Nan, it was, and it was very good. Nan also made uh, homemade chocolate icing, uh, and then BBA decided to throw sprinkles on top of it and some M and M's throughout. Uh, so, uh, yeah, and they also made me uh, green uh, pancakes with sprinkles uh, for birthday breakfast. Oh, uh, so it was quite a quite a day. But yes, you, I I don't discriminate cake. Basically had Buddy the Elf's ideal day. <laughs> Just so many like sprinkle candies, candy corn. <laughs> yeah, candy canes. Um, yeah, it was uh it was definitely Baby A's dream uh meal day. Uh, because he was definitely like, let's make dad pancakes, I'll have one too. And then it was certainly Dad would like a funfetti cake with sprinkles and and M and M's. And then he was eating dinner when I came up from work, and he was like, "Cake time!" Like he threw, he wanted to throw his dinner like on the floor. Um, He was like, "You got to open your gifts. I'll I'll open them for you." And then he was like, "Uh, "And we got to have cake. I'll I'll have some cake." Uh, But no, it was uh, it was a good day. It was a good day. I'm glad. Uh, Thanks for asking. Of course. And we've talked now for God, it's oh, 15 minutes. My goodness. Ugh. It's been 15 minutes and we really haven't talked any wrestling. Uh so uh I mean We haven't even touched the tip of wrestling. We barely the tip. 
we haven't even gotten to it yet, but we have to start talking about it. And we are always going to start with just a little tip of the schlong. Ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourself for a little tip of the schlong. Uh, Ryan, how's it going, buddy? Good. Happy late birthday. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Sing to him. Sing to him. No, you don't have to, guy. You're, you're the musical member. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Ryan, uh, uh, we're in the same boat here as far as basketball season goes. It's over. So, um, uh, you know, Wednesday nights are reserved for dynamite again. Now, uh, truth be told, uh, I'm really only a basketball fan come the playoffs, much like, and, and that goes on like whether the team I'm interested in is in or out. I really don't watch basketball until the finals. Same thing with college because who cares about the rest of it? Um, it means nothing. Uh, but I did have a vested interest as the Nets were in it uh, this year, uh, being. The old New Jersey team, I was very into it. Your Sixers were into it, although nobody thought that they would move on another round. Uh, the shock did come on, uh, what was it, Saturday night uh, when the Nets got uh, when the Nets got eliminated? Uh, you know, that was the real shocker. Uh, nobody thought the Sixers were going to move on. So, I mean, I'm just I'm just giving you some condolences. Um, <laughs> You know, I'm uh, loving this take actually because it means why? the Sixers did not disappoint. Because in reality, they were the number one seed, and everyone assumed the Eastern Conference Finals were the Sixers Nets. But I like your take where the Sixers did not disappoint. No, uh, because uh, nobody thought they were going to move on. Uh, not it a was, soul. It was Wait, very clear. Yes, I have Kim. a basketball question. Oh, God. Uh-oh. <laughs> I only watched during, much like hockey, by the way. I love watching the playoffs and then I don't watch, but the West is like heavily lopsided, right? Like um, compared to the East isn't not like, anymore. No, it not used anymore. to be that way, but not it anymore. used to be very West heavy, but now, I mean, the West has some good teams this year, but if the Nets or Sixers had performed up to standard, they could have easily been favored going into the, the finals. Gotcha. Okay. Now it's a bit more even because the Bucks and the Hawks, while good, I'm not trashing them. They just, no one's going to mark them as favorites. No, it was all garbage. I don't think Matt and Nick Jackson are good at basketball at all. I don't think the Bucks have a shot in this whatsoever. Except have they do seen, some trick shots. I was going to say, you've seen the <laughs> trick shots? I mean, the trick shots are good. Um, yeah, no, um, it actually, it's funny, Kate. It used to be that the East was lopsided because LeBron would put together his super team of course, uh, and then nobody in the east could compete and then like a dummy he went to the west um which i just still never understand why he would go to the west but he went west and now he's you know the east is wide open um and i also loved schlong you'll probably get this maybe i mean kate you might get the references here but people were uh i saw a lot of chatter online saying you know uh well you know the nets you know we should have expected this because there's nobody else behind, you know, the top three. And I was like, well, what the fuck does that say about LeBron? Because he lost one other guy and that was the end of them. Um, 
I mean, it's basketball. Only five guys on the court at a time. That's it. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Nets have, in my opinion, and this is not a basketball podcast. We're moving on. I promise you that. But the Nets, I think, behind their top three, they do have a lot of problems. They have a lot of holes they need to fill in because even in their starting five, uh, I mean, you know, a couple guys got really cold at the wrong time. Uh, you know, Blake Griffin's not the player he used to be. But, dude, once you get into the bench, there's nobody. There was nobody who could make up for the loss of Kyrie and Harden and anybody else. So it was just like, you know, wrong stuff, wrong things happen at the wrong time, but you have to fortify the bench if you're the Nets. I don't know what you do if you're the Sixers. Because- I'm just going to say Sixers starting five up until the playoffs was the most efficient unit all year. Ben Simmons, I like Ben Simmons. I know people are going to trash him because he did have a terrible playoff. Terrible. He's not as bad. He's not as bad as the playoffs made him seem. He, he was in his own head. I mean, that's the one thing you got to do is get him out of his head. But really, they need bench help too. They need someone to come off the bench who, when you're sitting your starters, doesn't all of a sudden turn the game from a 15-point lead to a 20-point deficit. If you can do that, you're fine. Again, I don't know a lot about basketball, but I will say turning a 15-point lead into a 20-point deficit in any sport Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off. That's it's like we're we're here live on the Ocho, so yes. Um, <laughs> I do want to shout out some people in the Facebook because I got yelled at last time. Please do. We're not keeping up with it. Go ahead. But we got Berg. We got Kevin. I'm not gonna say your shoot last name. We got the Motspock. We got people hanging out. They loved our Wolfpack Raven talk before. Of course. Um, I do but, it for you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> So uh, dark out. It is dark out, and we should probably talk about dark a little bit, Ryan. Uh, Can I just say a year older aunt is much more forgiving of my terrible puns? I just move on. I'm not even calling them out anymore. I it's the best way to deal with me. But I've made like four of them, and you've just rolled. I mean, I was just about to say that, you know, uh, I know that Schlong has been crawling through the dark looking for the answers to what would make these shows better. And I think we have the answer this week. And it is uh, shorter run times. Uh, now, I did get to watch the shows this week. Uh, not super close, but I did get to fit them into my schedule. Um we're obviously going to start with elevation because it happens earlier in the week, but this was like an hour and 20, maybe an hour and 25, somewhere in that range. Uh, and uh, I know that last week it wasn't too much longer than that. If it was even longer, it might've been right on par, but either way, that's a very manageable show. That's way better. Oh my God. When I see, I mean, I've watched them when they air, so I don't know that, but when all of a sudden we're at the main event and I realize we have just about an hour, I just feel so good. <laughs> it makes it just it's like okay this was because i haven't burnt out yet i'm still in the excitement of seeing wrestling once you get into that hour and a half two hours it's like i start to burn out after a while right yeah especially with like the whole vibe of it is so much fun i say all the time it feels like that commentaries on a field trip like if it's supposed to feel that casual and i don't need to be that invested once you start pushing past that time period it does feel like a chore instead of like this fun extra bonus wrestling that you get so i'm excited for these times this is definitely i think a template of what is to come when they're on the road so much like you 
And like I said last week, it's the difference between me watching and me not watching. Like I was able to watch again. Yeah, it was it was a manageable show. The one thing I'll say that I'm, I've been missing from Elevation uh, is their kind of little uh, profiles on some of the wrestlers. Now, maybe it's, it's surely the fact that, you know, they've still had this crew who's been with them since they started, right? This was what, like episode 15 or something like that of Elevation. So they've really had this same crew kind of working the show throughout. Maybe that's why they haven't really done anybody else because it's all the same people. We really haven't seen anybody different. Maybe it'll change once they start hitting the road, but I do miss that one aspect of Elevation is kind of getting that profile sit down, excuse me, with Paul White. I agree. I liked, you know, you had the Danny Limelight one. You even had Ryan Nemeth. It, it gets a guys, gets you to like guys more, which is makes it better to watch their matches. I agree. They're probably short on talent since they've been using the same people, and you can't do it on all the indie talent you bring in because then it's you're giving the impression that you're going to be using them a lot, and if you're not, it's a waste of everyone's time. So, right. But I, I'm with you. Those those were probably the highlight of Elevation when they were doing them. Right. Um. I, I would agree with you there, but I will say there were a couple, there were a couple interesting things that happened through the show, and I'll let you run through it, Ryan. Um, I will say this: you don't have to go through like the entire card because there was some stuff on here, like really quick squash and stuff like that. Buster, uh, <laughs> shout out to Buster's Red Rocket wherever you are out there. Um, Shlong, was that you? Be no, honest. I, w- I wish. <laughs> it we was st- him. It was Buster. We still have no, we still have no idea where Buster's Red Rocket is. He ran away from home and he hasn't come back. I know where his Red Rocket is. <laughs> well, he's he's looking he's looking back right now, Kate, into the camera with his bedroom eyes. <laughs> no, he knows oh. we're talking about him. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, Schlong, uh, feel free to run through it. Um, you know, again, we don't have to necessarily go through everything, but uh, you know, I know that there were there were a couple promos, a couple segments. Uh, that that kind of moves some stories along. So why don't you take the lead here? All right. So I'm going to do this a little different. Well, slightly different. Um, I'm going to just tell you which matches. Not going to go over them at all. But in case anyone's looking at the card, Hobbs versus Banks, Bangston, uh, Nyla Rose's match, even Chris Statlander's match, all either squashes or close to squash. So really not getting anything from them if you go to watch. Um the, the big story coming out of this that I'll just start out with because it's, I don't want to forget it. It's probably the, the biggest development on elevation is Matt Hardy faced some guy called Jura Joel, who I hadn't heard of before. Beat some decent match. Nothing. I didn't think it was anything special, but it was a decent match. But then afterwards, he cuts a promo on Joel saying, you know, basically like if you don't succeed, Joel's from India. So I guess his promo says, if you don't succeed in wrestling, your, your working papers are going to be revoked and you're going to have to go back to India and you don't want that. You're here to make be successful. They use the phrase American dream, which with the Cody thing just feels awkward now. But, and so Hardy said, but you can come work for me and I'll make your dream happen. However, he basically wants him to be the young boy, you know, shine shoes, clean up. So they let it stand there. And then Joel cut a promo later on where he's like, Hardy was his, a hero, but he's not the same. However, he is going to consider the offer. I don't really know this George Joel guy, so I can't care really about him yet, but I think this is fascinating for the Hardy character that if he's going to start going for these really unknown guys. Yeah. I mean, I'll agree with you there. Uh, I'll say this about uh, Jorah Joel. Um, he had a good look 
Um, he could, he could, he could work. He, he really had a pretty good match. Um, I wouldn't say it was outstanding, but for a first look at the guy, he's got a good look, you know, um, he's a foreign talent, uh, apparently. I mean, I, I haven't looked too deeply into him, but, um, you know, the promo he cut wasn't great. The response to the offer wasn't great, but I think with a little work, there's, there could be something there. Uh, they could make him interesting. Um, so it will be, uh, I'm with you there. I'm kind of interested to see where this goes because this seems to be maybe like a, an elevation only kind of story that they're, they're going to tell. So this could be kind of the first, um, in my mind, the first storyline that they're really trying to tell uh, exclusive on, uh, on, uh, on elevation. You know, we've had some on uh, dark unleavened, where you know we had uh, pretty Peter Avalon do his whole storyline with uh, with Cutler, so this seems to be the first kind of dip into the water with uh, a storyline specific to Elevation. I'm kind of intrigued. I thought it was a pretty good story. I'm with you there. I also just really like this use of Matt Hardy because it's it's awesome that he's doing stuff with like Bunny and Private Party or whatever. But I feel like a lot of the people that he's already been involved with were kind of maybe didn't have like a focused direction but we're certainly already over like i don't think anybody was like private party is just fine to me oh we got buster's butthole an homage to nelly um so i like the idea of taking someone who's completely unknown even to the aw like fan base not even just like the people that watch dynamite and don't watch the darks like nobody knew who this guy was and matt hardy just acknowledging him assigns a totally different weight to it so i like that they are getting that extra juice out of this version of matt hardy because it can span different programs and his value can do different things for people based on where they kind of sit on the roster yeah it was definitely i'm with you there kate It, it definitely shows that you know, there are there's veteran talent that they have on their roster that definitely can be used to, you know, put these younger guys over. And Matt Hardy is not opposed to doing it. Uh, you know, he wouldn't he didn't have to do it if he didn't want to. And he's doing it. So it's a pretty cool look. Um, hey, Shlong, before I let you keep going uh, and maybe I'm kind of jumping the gun here, but I have to ask you, because at one point I felt like I was watching uh wwe sat or wwf saturday morning you know superstars uh in the battle of the tag team gimmicks because we had the varsity blondes versus bums are us why don't you uh talk about bums are us you didn't jump the gun because that's literally where i was going next um so it really is and it made the blondes stand out for the gimmick they have because normally i don't mind their gimmick and i still don't but it did stand out i have no idea who the fuck bums are us are but they got in offense so like which is you know for a first time out kind of weird usually those guys get beat up pretty quickly i was hoping someone here knew who the hell bums are us or was because that's a very unique weird gimmick so i'm in on it as soon as you go weird for me i'm like (laughs) all right let's go but i also Someone somewhere is going to complain about them using the word bums. I can see it coming a mile away, <laughs> but I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. I actually wish they'd go a little further with the bums RS gimmick. Like they should have had like, uh, like some of their stuff and they put it kind of down, you know, by the turnbuckle. And then when they lose, they just kind of grab their stuff and make sure that nobody took it. 
Like I, I really wish they kind of w- would have gone a little further with it, but I I'm with you. It's really weird to see in you know 2021 a tag team with the gimmick bums are us. You're a Simpsons fan, so I know you're going to get this reference. When Homer was boxing and he was fighting the, the bums and he had the spindle in the cor- the corner and he kept turning yep. around to check it. That's when you said that right where my brain went. That would have been awesome. Yeah, I'm just, with you. Just put the bindle down in the corner. Do your thing and then get out and take your bindle or go to somebody and say, where's my five bucks? You know, whatever you need to do. Uh, I would have been in on that. But uh, okay, glad to see I'm not the only one who found it weird, but intriguing. Definitely intriguing. And I tried to I just tried to look it up again and I looked it up when I saw them. There's just like not a lot out there about them. So I don't know if they're two guys that got thrown together I was like, where did these guys train out of? Like, I couldn't really find anything on them. I don't know if anybody else hunted around, but it definitely doesn't feel like they're like tearing up the indies as bums are us. And then here they are. Um, So just kind of interesting all around, I would say. Well, moving on from bums are us, Ryan, what else you got for us from elevation? So um, if I don't talk about a match now, it's not just because it was bad. It just was okay. It was fit in. Um, but I want to talk about Sean Spears and Warlow versus Ryzen and Cal Hero for two reasons. One, whoever this Cal Hero guy is, he he is getting himself over just by being interesting. So I dug that. But I think this was really good character development for Sean Spears because there's a part in the match where Cal Hero gets some offense in on Sean Spears, very minor, and he tags out to Ryzen. And Sean Spears just gives him the craziest evils look and for like basically go ignores Ryzen to go back at him. And I thought that really helps the Sean Spears is crazy gimmick, you know, not crazy in, right. you know, hearing voices, but just violent and doesn't like to be made fun of type way. And I, I the only, that's why I even mentioned the matches because that might be important come dynamite where he's still trying to find his footing. Right. Yeah. No, I, I'm with you there. We're continuing to kind of see this next elevation of, uh, of Sean Spears, you know, again, we all kind of, I think keep talking about it. It's like, man, why don't they just give him the goddamn glove back? But, you know, if that's not what they're going to do, they're clearly trying to do something with him now where he's a little crazy or a little uh, unhinged. Uh, dare I say he's on the fringe of being a lunatic, but... Ding, um, ding, ding! Got kind of douche chills when I saw this for that reason. I don't like this direction for Spears. I really like him as an in-ring worker. I really liked the glove. I even liked the chairman stuff, to be honest. Do you want to work yourself or shoot yourself into work? Why not? Like, that's one of the most entertaining things that can happen in wrestling. I do not like this. And then he snapped thing. Like, it... It doesn't work for me, especially because in a wrestling match, you're supposed to be fighting the entire time. So, and just so much like, oh God, it's like cock rock is to grunge as this is to the lunatic fringe. It's just like a watered down version of one of my favorite things in the world. (laughs) It's the same thing. This felt like Creed compared to my sound garden damn it and i do not stand for that so well i wouldn't call moxley creed that's a weird comparison how dare you sir the opposite he is my chris cornell um i i just i don't love this it just feels too much like a mox and b 
feels just kind of like too generic-y. Like, and he is the person, in my opinion, that as far as like the pinnacle was the guy that I feel like, and everybody kind of was like, he's the guy that's got to benefit from this the most. He's the guy that needs to get over because MJF is obviously over like Rover. FTR is already great. Wardlow is already in the mix. Like it, it's just Spears is the guy that this needs to do something and catapult. And I feel like we're not there yet. And like, we're also having this dragged out thing with the inner circle. So I just feel like, like we got to get moving on some, some value add here. And when I saw this match, I was just like, this ain't it for me. Yeah. It's weird because I feel like with Spears, you know, while he's acting a little more um, kind of crazy or unhinged, I almost feel like he's going to like, it's being gone about the wrong way. Like if he's going to do that, in my opinion, he should be doing it because he's tired of not getting the respect he's due, right? So I just don't think they're making that distinction yet. Um, I hope that they get there, right? Because I think that's what they tried to tell during their dinner vignette where he's asking for a refill and he's getting ignored and then he attacks the waiter. And it was, to me, I took that as I'm, I'm really fucking tired. Nobody's paying attention to me and I'm not getting the respect I deserve here at this table with other people and that's where i felt like they were going to go with his character but it's kind of getting hard to tell now i hope they kind of clarify that a little bit because spears is a good talent uh i think he's definitely got something there and maybe he'll maybe what they'll do is as we kind of get through this pinnacle story that he he might be the linchpin of kind of getting them getting the pinnacle over as far as like spears will do something to get them a win Right. Whether it be kind of slipping in and getting a cheap shot or, you know, whatever you have to do to get the win, he'll be the guy to get get you there and he won't necessarily get the pin, but he'll get the win through something he does. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with Spears. They've got a few outs. I just hope they they make the right choices. Um, What else you got, Schlong, on elevation? Anything? Well. I mean, not. I don't want. I'm gonna save one thing for last. So, uh, you had Matt Seidel versus Jack Evans, which was I want to mention just because it was good. Jack Evans, so that was a fun match. Jungle Boy versus Caesar Benoni. So you had the Wingmen, which are awesome, and that's a good match. Um, Penta and Eddie versus Vary Morales and Fuego. I just want Fuego to get a win. I knew it wouldn't happen here, but please God. And then to the important thing, Jade Cargo was on our TV. Very important. So. I'm not talking, but if I was, I'd be telling you that Mark Sterling announced another sponsor. She is the face of the Black News Channel. That's right. And Paul, and I think as a special dig to Kate, Paul White commented that she was very smart for bringing her attorney to the ring. So I just wanted to point that out. Um. <laughs> oh, I'm an NFL player. I brought my agent to the sideline. What the fuck, man? No. Dumb. Stupid. There's agents on the sideline. Not on the fucking field. Sure. <laughs> sure there are. You've seen Jerry Maguire. <laughs> this is so... I just hate this. And I'm starting to at least understand their decision for doing it, but I just still so vehemently disagree with it. And the more Paul White tried to put over that it's a good idea to have her agent lawyer guy at the ring, the more I was just like, no, this makes pointing out how that it was happening made it less logical to me. 
because it just is so stupid. This is where I disagree with you, Kate. I think it's logical. You may not like it. That's a different argument. But I think there's at least logic behind it, that she is the head of this thing. So she will have people who are going out and doing the work for her. You may not like it. I I can't argue that. That's preference. But it is logical. Okay, maybe like around, around, but not like not when you're if you're that bitch you don't need help going out to do your job but she clearly didn't because it's a squash right so like you don't need this dude coming out with you if he's gonna be at ringside or like in the front row a little bit better that's one thing but it's like you can't tell me you're that bitch and then tell me you need help to actually the like doing your job part which is like where this is gonna go right like he has to be some sort of heel manager until she kicks the shit out of him at some point so, I mean, just just undercuts everything that's cool about her, in my opinion. But I'll just leave it at that because I say it every week. Now, I don't know. Maybe I need a refresher here. But I, he didn't stay at ringside, right? Didn't he do his announcement and then be and and then bounce out the uh, out out to the back? It was a squash, so I, it's hard to remember, but. Yeah, know. I just saw I saw her in squash, and that's all it that sticks in my head. I'll have to go back. We'll have to go back and check it because I I thought that he came out. They made the announcement. He said, "We're still taking opportunities," and because you know, and she goes, "I'm that bitch." He said, uh, "That's money." And then I thought he he basically went backstage uh, because it was a squash. Uh, but I don't know. We'll have to double check. Either way, Kate doesn't like it. Me and Ryan are all about it. Uh, so we're. Uh, majority rules it's a good angle oh uh, that's what she said with a little tip oh my god um so i think we ran through all of elevation so we've got your general takes on elevation now let's move on to tuesday night's unleavened dark uh it has not risen it is still flat um ryan this was less than one hour this <laughs> was amazing and now this is like pre-pandemic length right like they used to do half hour not even i'll take 48 minutes that was good i was amazing i I, when when it ended and it wasn't even at 50 minutes i I honestly thought something happened to my youtube i was like what what, what happened why is it cut out (laughs) it was the best thing ever there was a point where you were like watching almost five hours of wrestling for this and now you watched like an hour and a half to two hours (laughs) amazing it's a good change yeah (laughs) so what happened during uh regular dark ryan anything you want to call out i do so um in case and no one knows pillman is getting a tnt title shot against promo i mean gets miro and he cut a decent promo um and i just think julia hart trying to look mad is really funny because she's the least intimidating person in the world uh Starks was on commentary during the Brian Cage match. And at first, when he first got on, I didn't think this would be anything special, but it actually does a fairly good job of developing the, the Starks Cage rivalry. And Taz does a really good job of acting mad when Cage is doing too many moves in this match and letting his opponent hang on. And I just, it really adds a lot of um, background and context to that whole situation that I think I appreciate more for that feud. So, it, it, it's just, you know, if you're going to watch it, I would say watch that match and listen to the commentary because I think it adds to the whole story that they're telling. And I'm, I'm excited for it. And then also speaking of commentary, we've talked about it so many times. Kate even mentioned it earlier. 
I love Taz and Excalibur on Dark. It's just two guys hanging out watching wrestling, and at some point, Taz sang "Share Turn Back Time." I was <laughs> cracking up. It's like it gives a perfect vibe for what this show is. I love it. It it, it makes it way more enjoyable. I agree. Uh, Taz was out of his mind on commentary this week. It was an absolute uh, pleasure to hear him doing commentary. Um, all right. So what else do we have on the card? Anything you want to call out in particular? We have Pillman Jr. versus Bear Bronson. Um, I knew Pillman would win because he's getting a title shot against Miro, but it was a really good match as Bear Bronson does. Um, and giving Pillman a win over someone big makes sense because he's going against Miro. So it's a lot of logic there. Um, Diamante's on the card. So anyone who likes to see her dark work, she was, you know, looked aggressive and mean. Kate will be happy to see Colt Cabana. I wrote her a song for him. Um, let me think. What's the song? There... Boom, boom, boom. Kate wants him in her room from now until forever. Colt, For Colt, Kate will dump Trevor. Oh, that's bold. But I wish you had sang it. Come on. Schlong. I don't, I, I'm not a professional. Um, Chuck Taylor versus Dan Barry was fun. I don't know much about Dan Barry, but apparently they have something. Um. I so then the two I'll just uh Ashley Vox versus Abaddon. I'm only mentioning this because Abaddon looks like she's gotten in much better shape, and yes. I think it's helping her matches a lot. She's moving at a better pace. It's so I think that's something to note. Uh, there is a battle of the vlog squad between Griff Garrison and Marco Stunt, and I swear to God, Matt must have written the beginning of this match because Griff stole Marco's hat and just held it up high. Yes. And, I, and I feel I feel like that was Matt. Brecca, Tata versus Bunny. Bunny fought dirty. Bunny won. And then, to me, a really good match between Serpentico and Stu Grayson because both those guys can really go. So that's a quick run through, but I could do that because this card was very quick and, and very easy to go through. I will confirm uh, your Abaddon comments. I know that on Instagram, like if you follow her on the gram, as the kids say, um, uh, she put a picture up of her something one day and she was like, you know, something like 25 down, you know, another 10 to go or something like that. Like, you know, so she's been working at it. Um, you know, I, listen, she didn't look terrible before, but you could clearly tell there's a difference in her body uh, from when she kind of first started. And she's actually just over her one year mark. Uh, she, she just recently had her one year kind of all elite anniversary. Um, Happy anniversary. You creepy ass bitch. Oh, <laughs> Uh, she's actually, I think, also doing her uh, her first signing uh, at Mission Pro Wrestling. So you could do the picture and the, you know, and the autograph and the whole thing. I would easily. That would be like, and I'm not a picture autograph, like meet and greet guy. I'm oh, but that, I mean. 100%. I'm got in. it, right? I'm totally in. Uh, we were going to, I was only going to do it one other time at Ring of Honor when, you know, the entire elite was still with Ring of Honor and they were all there one night and we just couldn't get there in time. Uh, but honestly, uh, that would be one that I would totally pay for just because her gimmick is amazing. And, you know, she did the outside the ring uh, with, uh, <laughs> With I can't remember the girl's name, but on Fridays they do. It's like a 15-minute show. Uh, Lexi Nair. Yeah. Lexi Nair, that's it. Yep, Lexi Nair. And she stayed in gimmick the whole time. So uh, I would totally do the picture, the autograph. I'd do the whole thing just because I know she'd stay in gimmick the whole time. And I could, pre- I could 
profess my love to her and she'd probably just snarl at me and spit blood. Hopefully that's what I would hope for. But anyway, uh, so yes, Abaddon is working on her body. So that is an astute observation. Uh, Mr. Schlong. That's just a little tip of what you get from the Schlong. Um, I also just want to say that I appreciated how much Ashley Vox was selling this on Twitter. I don't know if you guys saw it all, but she was just like, I gotta be honest. I'm fucking freaked out for this match that I have coming up. I just like, I love seeing stuff like that. I also love when people break kayfabe a lot of times when it's stuff that's like heartstring stuff, but it was just really fun that she like played into this. Like, not gonna lie. I'm, I'm pretty creeped out. I'm pretty scared to face her. Like I appreciate stuff like that. I also did notice she was in better shape and it very much seems to have affected her pacing for the better, which makes me really excited. And I'm sure her stamina along with that. So um, good for her for healthy decisions. Yeah. Um, no, I'm with you there. Uh, and then uh, I'm also with you, Ryan. I wanted to at least call out on the Serpentico Stu Grayson. thought that was a great match. Again, just really showcasing. Uh, I think Stu Grayson sometimes gets forgotten about uh, because we don't get to see a lot of him by himself. But, man, he can he can go. Uh, and so can Serpentico. My favorite part about that match is at one point Stu Grayson uh, or, or – uh, Luther was kind of lurking around him and Stu Grayson goes back up or I'll knock your teeth out. Um, and it was so audible. Uh, it was great. And it looks like actually it looks like there might be a, a Stu Grayson and a Luther match coming up because at the end of that match, I think he dove over the ropes, took out Luther uh, and then he beat Serpentico uh, and then Luther was not looking very happy. Uh, but maybe he was mad at Serpentico. I don't know. I also just would like to clarify that my crush on Colt Cabana is extremely wholesome and maybe things got mixed up in our game of fuck, Mary kill because I said I would go with Colt Cabana, but I am very interested in just a marriage. So you don't want him in your room. I I do. I'm just saying that's not exclusively Nowhere in my Why? song does it say exclusively. It just says what you want. All I know, all but I like, know, it's is that- it's a, an all encompassing crush. It's not just like he's hot and I want to go boom boom. I want to have a courtship. A courtship, my good. <laughs> all I know is that Schlong, uh, we've you know straight from the horse's mouth. We know that if uh, boom boom's gonna get boom boom all up in those guts, it's gonna be unprotected we know that much i was actually waiting for you to say that before when i mentioned not having kids but since you set up the segue improper as though it may be rib for your pleasure matches yes ryan uh kate stole the thunder one more time uh what is your ribbed what are your ribbed for her pleasure uh, picks of the week one from elevation just one and one from dark so you're getting a little afternoon delight on elevation and then you're getting a little you know surprise in the morning with your dark pick how are you gonna go and i got some stamina um so <laughs> so elevation was harder because i didn't there wasn't one match that i felt like blew me away it was harder all right yeah. Bluetooth, so, sponsor us. Bluetooth, where are you? <laughs> so it was between Caesar Bononi and Jungle Boy versus Matt and Matt Sidal and 
Jack Evans. I'm going Caesar Benoni and Jungle Boy simply because I like the competitor of Jungle Boy more and I like the wingmen more. But match wise, I think probably most people would say Seidel versus Evans. Um, and then for regular dark, this was easy. We talked about it. It was Serpentico versus Du Grace. And I thought that was a fun match that I, I would watch over and over. So I, I think, uh, you know, dark made it easy for me, but elevation did not. Kate, Kate do you have any all up in her gut picks? <laughs> do I ever? <laughs> um, I really liked. Wait, what was the Brian Pillman match? That was uh, on dark against uh, Bear Bronson. But against Bear Bronson. I really liked that match. And to Mr. Song's credit over there, I like that they paired him with a larger opponent going into his fight against Miro. Like, I do like when it's like, we're going to test out this guy's size against a big dude because he's facing a big champion later. So, um, and I just, I really like Pillman Jr. And I have such like an appreciation for the fact that like, He's never since he began wrestling been like, I'm going to be a loose cannon like my dad. Like, I so appreciate that he's like carrying on his dad's legacy, but is doing so in his own way with his own character because he just does not seem like that guy at all. (laughs) Who knows? It's wrestling. Maybe that'll happen someday. But I just like really appreciate the Varsity Blondes gimmick and how that alludes to things and just the space that he's carving out in wrestling because I think. He has a ton of skill already and that the sky is the limit. But I think a lot of times these like generational wrestlers can kind of get caught in the trap of like, Hey, my dad was famous. Like um, he just really seems to have carved out his own path. So that's just a Brian Pillman jr. Appreciation thing in general. And uh, I, I, I really enjoyed that match as well. So that's the only other one that I would add in there. Um, I think Matt, if he were here would be like Griff Garrison fucking holding marco stunts fucking head above him it was genius the little runt useless marco stunt he's a runt take artist. him out back and i'm gonna chop him up like my wood logs well he's a runt but he's got more championship belts than uh millionaire matt he's does. the size of one of my fingers <laughs> that's right one of your fingers i've um, got a an roh pillow buddy that's bigger than <laughs> goddamn pillow pillow buddies so six uh, of them the size of the box they came in i could was the size of my apartment in new york city i swear to god ridiculous listen he's a man who loves comfort he's he loves those pillow buddies he just wanted to be held by like a pillow brody king I mean the Brody the the pillow Brody King does look pretty sweet it does um I'm looking they for- all do they look great I'm looking forward to uh seeing all the ring of honor action at uh july 11th best in the world mark order will be in the house maybe we can all snuggle with one in the car on the way well we're gonna be in different cars kate so uh so i, I hope one. i hope you can borrow one <laughs> and just sleep the whole way you're gonna be listening to emo music the whole way be ready um i was 19 i can i can sit through it again <laughs> Well, just don't have any sharp objects nearby. Um, well, Ryan, uh, thanks for joining us here tonight for uh, another segment, quite successful, and we got through it in 
you know, less than an hour. So that was successful because last week it was like an hour and a half. But there was a lot to talk about last week, which is it's kind of I'll say this, though. It is nice because uh, dark is interesting, right? Like it's not just something that's throw to throw away. We've actually had reasons to kind of talk about some of the stuff they've had going on. And the shorter length, I think, is better because we actually all get to watch it. Schlong likes it when you keep it tight. Oh, my God. I had a comment. I'm done. (laughs) Well, thanks a lot, I am insufferable, and I embrace it. Well, this this ruined segment has been a little tip of the schlong. We hope you feel fulfilled after receiving a little tip of the schlong. So, uh, thanks again to Ryan uh, for joining us here. Uh, Kate, I think we're going to take a tiny little break right here uh, and get some words in from some of the other guys who are part of the Shining Wizards Network. So hang out, and we'll be back after a word from our good buddies on the Shining Wizards Network. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Because of the obvious threat to untold numbers of citizens, and because of the crisis which is even now developing, this radio station will remain on the air day and night. This station and hundreds of other radio and TV stations throughout this part of the country are pooling their resources through an emergency network hookup to keep you informed of all developments. Horns up, everyone. When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure every Friday to check out Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal is one of the longest-running podcasts on the interweb, and every week we bring you a fistful of metal, including interviews with all your favorite artists, discuss all the metal news, and feature the best tunes on the air today. So grab a Lemmy, join your cool Uncle Snowy, and co-host Aaron in the pit. Your recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting from the current to the way back. Join the impact player Phil Rea and the Portuguese Man of War Choppy for the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. Live every week on RantEMRadio.com. Get all our episodes over at iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Google Play, ShiningWizardsNetwork.com, and TurnBubbleThrowbacks.com. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. 
We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast, hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network, and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. What's up, wrestling fans? You want something awesome? Check out Wrestling Night in Canada here on the Shining Wizards Network. We're three Canadian metalheads uniting for the love of pro wrestling. Every episode we go over all the latest news and special events with the odd unique interview as well. So grab a cold one and check out Wrestling Night in Canada, eh? Alright, so let's... Kate, let's talk a little bit about Friday Night Dynamite. We got through the darks. Uh, we had a Friday Night Dynamite. And I'm going to say this, Kate. So we're going to go through the card here. Uh, and the first card. Now, again, uh, I should mention, too. We watched this together as a group. Uh, we did it again uh, in the Shining Wizards Discord. We get together. We've been getting together on these Friday night dynamites uh, on the video watch along channel. uh, And we've been kind of watching together, almost like we're doing our own commentary, sitting in the same room together and bullshitting about everything. It's been a lot of fun. Kate's been joining us. She won't turn her camera on uh, because she doesn't have her white girl light. Uh, (laughs) Schlong cammed up this week, uh, even though he was watching the Sixers, which would ultimately, um, you know, disappoint him like we knew it was going to. Uh, and then uh, I was in there uh, a couple weeks ago. We had old man Tony from the Monday night show up. You know, uh, Matt did a run in real late, uh, you know, uh, in the in the discord channel. So it's a lot of fun. I think we might try it again this week. Uh, it's a Saturday night dynamite. So maybe we'll try it again. We'll see if nobody's on. We'll call it early. But um, we watch this together. Friday night dynamite from last week. That would be. Uh, June 18th, because we're living Terminator timelines here. Um, so Kate, uh, this started off, this started off with the Jake Hager Wardlow MMA rules steel cage match. Now hold, hold your lunch or your dinner in because I have to, I have to tell you here, uh, Kate, uh, this was a highly successful match. As far as the ratings go, apparently their ratings bumped and the highest segment of the night was the MMA match. Apparently MMA reality sells ratings. Oh, 
I think people tuned in out of curiosity, and if it was the highest of the night, I'm not surprised that people tuned out after because it sucked. <laughs> but I will say I'm not totally surprised by that um, because if people were flicking around and wanted to see something different, like maybe this didn't hit with AW Dynamite people that were tuning in actively on Fridays like you or I, but people who maybe haven't seen AEW before and wanted to catch a glimpse of something because Hager looks great. Wardlow looks like a million bucks. Like it might've caught their eye. So we'll get into the atrocity that was the match, but I I can understand why this would be highly rated and why it would um, pique people's interests. Yeah. I mean, it, um, it, (laughs) It's crazy to say that it was actually uh, it was good for them um, because we weren't really hot on it. <laughs> we did not like it. So uh, many reasons. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know we obviously will talk about it here, but um, but yeah, apparently um, it was uh, really well rated for them, uh, and um, I, I believe that uh, they were over five hundred thousand uh, for the show on Friday night. So even if it popped larger uh, in that first kind of opening segment, uh, it still kind of held high, you know, higher ratings than it did in the past uh, few weeks. So again, you know, basketball was starting to kind of thin out and stuff like that. Maybe we had more people kind of checking out, but either way, it was just an interesting thing. We're not here to talk ratings. Let's talk about this Jake Hager Wardlow MMA rules steel cage match. Uh, So just to make sure we're on the same page here, Kate, Um, The match is inside of an octagon. There were three five-minute rounds, and they announced that there were no judges. It would have to be won by submission or knockout. This would not be going to judges. Um, So this does make it through the first round. We get into the second round, um, and then eventually Jake Hager wins by referee stoppage uh, with a head and arm triangle choke in the second round now we should we should say there's some poach match antics kate and we'll get there but we should mention that there were some i'd say pretty cool moves thrown out by uh by wardlow right he had a superman punch off the cage right he kind of threw himself off the cage i mean there was some stuff where they made it look pretty good but there was also there was also in my opinion and, and I'm only saying look good because of some of those moves, right? Like, sure, of course. At, at least there was two way offense, right? Um, although we knew Hager couldn't lose this as a real <laughs> MMA fighter. Um, but man, it became apparent that they were pulling punches when they just wouldn't show the angles um, the right way. Like, there were clearly moments where Wardlow was kind of top mounted on Hager and he was, you know, you know, head blows uh, with hammer fists to his head and they were showing everything except his fist striking Hager's face, (laughs) you know? So it was like, okay, clearly he's not really punching him in the face here, but um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't love it. I'm not a big fan of this make pretend fighting real fighting. Um, You know, I, you can elaborate there, Kate, but I did not like this. This did not work for me. I didn't. Okay. So I'll start with the things that I did like, uh, number one, the presentation was very cool looking. The octagon looked great. The referees in black shirts was really cool. Uh, it felt like 
the juice that you get out of an MMA match. So I applaud them for that. Uh, And this was not for me at all, but I do. And this is something that I've heard people say in general, but I remember Simon Miller saying about Le Dinner Debonair that I've been echoing a little bit, which is that if you're creatively in on something that's a risk and like the two people involved in it are in on it, wrestling should do it. And I firmly believe that and believe it more and more as time goes on, because I didn't like this. You just said it was the highest rated segment on the show and it did big numbers. Right. So if two people are in on something and it's creative and it hasn't been done in wrestling at all or in a long time or is done rarely, I would rather them take a risk on something like this than like, Oh, somebody fell off the top of a cell again or whatever. Like I appreciate that they at least took a risk and they continue to take risks by doing, um, you know, all the throwback style matches that they do and musical numbers and whatever, like that is a healthy thing for television wrestling landscape in general. Now, with those two pluses out of the way, I hated everything else about this. (laughs) I don't know why when this was taped, they aired this. It did not look good. Um, The camera angles, like you said, were terrible. Were those punches were bad. Like his back foot was the way, like it was just not good. They got gassed really early. I felt like both of them did. I felt like even, even Hager did. So maybe this wasn't, their first go at this match. Maybe this was like the third time or something, but it just did not work for me. And I hated the booking. I thought, um, I know you said like Hager, of course had to win. Cause he's the actual MMA fighter. I thought he shouldn't have, I thought something should have happened here where Wardlow sneakily wins at like a heel does. Um, and Hager as a baby face can rightfully get fucking pissed and beat the shit out of him or something. Or if Wardlow was going to lose, not like this. This was a stupid way to have him lose. Her Conrana was stupid. Like I just did not like the booking in this match. I didn't like the style of this match. I'm not a big shoot work fight gal, much like you were saying to begin with, but I just thought even if you were going to attempt to do it, this was not the way to go. And this was considering it was taped. I was surprised that they aired this when it looked, I felt like this bad. Um, I also, while I appreciated what happened after the match, like I like what happened between MJF and Dean Malenko and we'll go there. But like, if this is an MMA style match, nobody else after an MMA fight just like jumps in the cage. Well, sure. Like, runs out after Undertaker and Lesnar, I guess, were working when they <laughs> had their little thing. But like, I just was like, if you're going to be in that world, then go be in that world. So there was nothing about this that really worked for me other than a couple of cool moves, like you said, and that the presentation was cool. It felt like it had a big fight feel. Not it for me, but I do applaud them for for trying something different, even though it's not something I liked or that I felt like was successful in what it was trying to accomplish. Yeah, and I guess it is worth mentioning, Kate, like um, like you said, um, you know, maybe the thought was that Wardlow would win, um, but they even protected his loss, right? Because he didn't tap. He it was called on a referee stoppage. You know, when he put, when uh, Hager put the triangle 
uh, choke on Wardlow. Wardlow gave Jericho, who was at ringside, you know, as Hager's kind of corner man, uh, he gave Jericho the finger and then passed out. He didn't tap. So the referee stopped the match. So uh, again, but we talk about this. I know you're giving me a face here, but we, we talk about this all the time. They protected Hager or they protected Wardlow. I'm sorry. They protected Wardlow because he didn't tap. Right. So, I even felt like that was not the case, though. I felt like he should have gotten rocked, like have him just get punched out because. A, that's more like believable, not more believable. I don't know what the word is. That feels more protected to me than a guy that a guy just got caught off guard and punched in the face and knocked out because that does feel like that could happen to anybody. Um, maybe they didn't want to do that with the way a go-go was going around or something, but like. I actually didn't feel like this was that protected. I felt like I know he didn't tap. So maybe he is protected in that way, but I was like, have him just get caught off guard with something and submit or get knocked out. Like, I guess referee stoppage made it seem cooler, but like, I, I, I didn't feel like he was all that protected. I really didn't like this. (laughs) Well, but if he gets, but if he gets knocked out or if he does submit, then he's not your monster anymore. Right. He's like, you know, that's just the way I view it. Like, Oh, he's knocked out, right. He got knocked out or he's going to tap now. You know, he's supposed to be the big, bad, you know, war dog. Uh, and now he's given up. Uh, so that's the only reason I felt like, I guess they protect him. I mean, I, I understand your point too. I'm just saying, you know, I could see them saying we can't knock him out. We can't have him tap. So we're going to have this stopped because he passes out. I mean, I, I get it. But again, I, I'm with you, though. I did not love this. So as you alluded to, there were post-match antics. So we do get Spears hitting the ring, uh, and he attacks Hager. Jericho comes in for the save, but then the pinnacle start to to jump on uh, Y2J. It was uh, Spears and MJF, you know, was at the, at, in the corner uh, for uh, Wardlow. Um, but then um, uh, uh Jake Hager is able to kind of recover and even, even things out. Um, MJF kind of runs in to it. MJF then comes in to attack Jericho. Um, He's starting to tear the sleeve off the elbow. He puts the salt to the earth on. And then Dean Malenko, as you mentioned, comes out to make the save for his buddy. And MJF kind of holds off on attacking uh, Dean Malenko before he drops him with a forearm. <laughs> so eventually he does get uh Malenko, Frankie Kazarian, Eddie Kingston, uh and Penta kind of come up next to cut a promo. So they just kind of like stop it and go to something else. Um it was kind of like it was kind of odd. I the reason I even bring up Frankie and Eddie and Penta is the fact that they literally go from Dean Malenko getting dropped into a promo. Like it just seemed odd like that that's not a bigger deal or that more like that more guys from um from the inner circle don't come out to like run them off and and now they're super pissed because they've you know put Dean Malenko down i don't know it just seemed a little weird to me uh but i'm uh, yeah i don't know like i get why they jump in the ring afterwards right it's wrestling <laughs> right like it's not they don't, it's not an MMA fight where these are professionals. They know they're having a fight and it's over and they're not going to keep fighting. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I, it, it's wrestling. So you had to expect that was going to happen, but it just, 
like there was no reason for Dean Malenko to get involved, you know, and then MJF doesn't have to hit him because he's already a super shit heel. Like, so I just didn't really, I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Like that didn't have to happen. You know, I don't know. This seemed very confusing to me. Yeah, I'm with you. And I've talked about this before. And I know on, on all the fightful stuff, they talk about like gang wars and how it's in maybe like an overabundance of it in AEW. This also, I agree with that on, on this, because if you're going to be in the MMA world, go there. This does not happen in MMA. Don't make it diet MMA and actually wrestling. And I also to your point about Wardlow, have him wake up, be stunned, be fucking pissed, and then beat the ever-living shit out of Jake Hager anyway, or something like that. I actually like the stuff with MJF and Dean Malenko. I don't like the way it was executed here. I like that story and where they're going with that, but that could have been done this week. Like, And also, <laughs> I went back and watched part of this. Because we were talking, I didn't pay attention to some things that happened on commentary. Jim Ross saying he's a 60-year-old man with Parkinson's. What are you doing? <laughs> like, oh my God, I hated that. I know some people liked that because it made him feel more vulnerable. But I was like, no, that makes me cringe the bad way, JR. Like, God bless you. But like, what are we doing? Um, and to your point, it just seemed to very starkly move into... Eddie Kingston, my favorite wrestler in the whole wide world, but like just was, it, it felt like a really not great match followed by a very crowded next couple of minutes and felt very superfluous to me. This was not my favorite opening of dynamite. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work for us, but apparently it works for a lot of people out there. So if it's your thing, good on you. You enjoyed this. And I will say that like, if I'm an old wrestling fan and I'm flipping through and I see that they're attempting this different thing with two huge dudes and then Dean Malenko's on my screen, maybe I stick around. So like, again, not for me, maybe not for people already watching AEW Dynamite, but if I'm clicking around after SmackDown and that's what I see, maybe that does pique my interest and maybe that that worked here. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows, but we'll see. Maybe they'll do another one of these. Maybe they'll get a... <laughs> <laughs> no Hager, more Brawl for All. Hager Wardlow 2, you know. Um, anyway, so as I mentioned, they kind of starkly kind of move into Kazarian, Eddie Kingston, and Penta backstage promo. Uh, I don't know if we really have to talk too much about this, Kate, but just to catch everybody up, Kazarian basically says he's done... Um, he, you know, he's kind of done being a decent guy. He's going to leave the elite in a pile of their own despair. Eddie Kingston says that uh, the elite had better pray and hope that God takes their souls because they've got uh, Kazarian Penta and Eddie have got the elite's asses and we basically go to break. So um, I don't know, Kate, if you want to comment on any of that, but it was just lining up for the match that was uh, coming down the pipe here. Uh, I'll just say that because I feel like I can't let an Eddie word go by without commenting on it. Apparently I got like major Eddie Gilbert vibes from, I forget exactly what he said, but I got very like heaven is scared of me and hell is afraid I'll take over Eddie Gilbert vibes from whatever the language was. And it like warmed my heart. I don't know if I'm in on like this biblical Kazarian, but I like the idea of where it's going. Do you? Yeah, I'm. Do no, you? Uh, <laughs> I 
wanted to do that. That was the whole reason I asked. I should have seen it coming because <laughs> I watched that whole being the elite thing. Um, you know, just to give you a, a real answer here. Um, I don't really love whenever the biblical thing gets used. It's just not my cup of tea. It doesn't resonate with me. Um, but I like this look of Kazarian. I like his new gear. I like the the close beard. I like the fact that he's, you know, attacking. He's hunting the elite. Like I, I like all of that. It's the the all the biblical speak though is not for me. I just, it's not what I'm about. It is what it is. Okay. Uh, moving on. Back from commercial, Team Taz are backstage, and Taz is telling Ricky Starks the problem with Kate. Uh, the oh my god, I'm starting to mix up the cages and pages already, and I haven't even <laughs> it's been about there. to happen. Taz is telling Ricky Starks the problem with Cage needs to basically end, and that he needs to. Ricky Starks said is needs to challenge Adam Page uh, to a match against Powerhouse Will Hobbs on the next. Uh, Saturday Night Dynamite. So that's kind of where they end it. Listen, the only reason I even bring this up is because they're clearly heading to Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Uh, we even got it on Dark this week. So we, you know, Slong was here and we talked about it, but we, it didn't really come up as uh, when Ricky Starks was on. Um, he did mention that Ricky Starks was on. And they were kind of talking about, you know, kind of the issue that's there. And Taz was even sort of uh getting angry at the whole thing and at the end of the cage match uh the brian cage match he does go over to commentary where ricky starks is and basically ricky starks runs off he's wearing a neck brace a total heel shit right wearing a neck brace he's saying i gotta go to pt that's why i've got to run off i gotta go to physical therapy and cage just kind of like follows him so you know i'm really interested in seeing um where they go here because ricky starks is going to be coming off an injury. You know, Brian Cage doesn't always look like the safest worker, but I mean, listen, if we can get a, a, a program with Ricky and Brian Cage, I'm all about it because Cage lately in the matches he's had with these smaller guys has looked a lot better than he did in the past to me. So, uh, and Ricky's a good worker. So I think if they can set up some sort of program where maybe it's not a one and done, maybe we get a couple matches here between them. I'm all for it. I don't know about you, Kate. I agree with you entirely on let this be a feud that is on the same level as breaking up a family, right? Like if you, if team Taz was blood together, like let it build up enough venom on the other side of this, if they're breaking up. And to your point about Brian cage, there are some people and I would say Britt Baker's one of them too, where they are just better in the ring when they have opponents that are at their level or better than them. And I think Brian Cage is one of those. And I don't mean from a physical standpoint, I just mean in-ring ability. Um, and, and Brian Cage is definitely one of those guys when he has opponents that are on his level or better. And I think Ricky Starks is, is one of those guys. He's just so smart in the ring. Um and you're right. Brian Cage has definitely figured him, himself out a little bit more, I think, on how he needs to pace matches to work. So uh, his his uh, pay-per-view match with Hangman, I thought, was very strong and a great example of that. So I'm looking forward to that. And I 
I'm just happy that Ricky Stark seems to be on his way back. He is one of my underrated favorites on this program. So I can't wait to see him back in the ring. 100%. We'll see where this goes. Uh, but there is the challenge out to Hangman Adam Page for uh, Will Will Hobbs on Saturday night. We'll talk about the card for Saturday coming up in a little bit. Uh, now, Kate, here's the point in the night where you and I kind of uh, got pulled out of the event. And this was maybe one of the matches I was actually looking forward to. I haven't actually gotten the chance to get back to it. But we had Darby Allen versus the men of the year, which is what Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are going with. It was a handicap match. Now, as a reminder to everybody out there, Darby Allen had asked Sting to please stay home. Uh, you know, I need to do this on my own. And Sting said, sure thing, I'll oblige. So <laughs> because Kate and I have shitty, shitty fucking cable service that we pay too much for. Thanks, um, Optimum. Yeah. Um, our TNT feed dropped out and I wasn't actually able to get it back until I think this match was long over. So what I can tell you is that I know uh, that there were, uh, there was a coffin drop, you know, uh, Darby was kind of fighting. Um, uh, and then at the end of this match, the men of the year do win by pinfall with the egos edge from Ethan page uh, on Darby Allen. Um I don't know too much about else about this, Kate. I don't even know if you have a comment or if you got to go back and watch this, but what I can tell you is from what I've heard is there were some Holy shit bumps that uh, Darby Allen took. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to go back and watch it. So if you did Kate, you can certainly talk about it. Sure. I did go back and watch this despite optimum's best efforts. So this was not the best case scenario of how I wanted this to go but pretty damn close. Like we had talked about not necessarily being super excited unless it was like sky and page. were going to beat the shit out of Darby. Um, I do thank God the booking was what it was that sky and page did win because that would have just been like a gross win. If Darby Allen beat both of them, Um, I wanted them to, do the same thing, but maybe a little bit faster. I thought Darby should have probably gotten less offense in, but the storytelling of this match with him taking some Holy shit bumps. Like I do fear he might die Um, with the persistence of like, I'm still coming back. Motherfucker from him was really, really good. So this was a match I was, I was not excited about going in. I felt like it was dumb that you would turn down fucking stings help basically under any circumstance, or if you're going to do that to not have someone else come even the odds. So I was not excited about that behavior, but this match was as, as close to how it should go as I think we were probably going to get. I'm very, very glad that it was booked the way it was because I can't think of a faster way to take the sales out of sky and page and Darby doesn't necessarily like need that win. You know what I mean? Like the, the odds were stacked against him anyway. He's a littler dude. He shouldn't be having a, a shake at all against these two guys. And he hung in there as long as he could. It was a really good story. I don't think when you're taking bumps like that, that there's a downside to you losing or when you're going against two incredibly skilled heels like sky and page are, that you look weak for your loss. So this went about as well as I I thought it could go. Well, I do have to go back and watch it, but what I can tell you is there was nothing 
kind of no shenanigans post-match that I've seen. So they did go directly to break. And when we come back from commercial, we have basically an insert promo of the wingmen uh, complaining about Orange Cassidy uh, not texting them back after their offer to give him a makeover to make him pretty, which then leads us into uh, Cesar Bononi versus Orange Cassidy. Now, what I can say from the limited, I still wasn't all the way back (laughs) with my cable feed uh, during this match, but what I can say is that I did like some of the stuff that was going on uh, during this match where um, Orange Cassidy would get basically thrown outside and they would uh, hit him with spray tan in the face or they would try to dress him up. You know, they were doing all this stuff to try to kind of give him that makeover and, uh, you know, also help out Benoni. Um, But as uh, fate would have it, Orange Cassidy does win by pinfall with the orange punch. Um, And then post-match, we get the Zoom hug. You know, you've got to give people what they want, but it may be resulted in one of the best images I've seen all week of pretty Peter Avalon uh, cradling Benoni and crying out uh, to, I guess, some sort of God, uh, you know, because Benoni one? should not, well, not anymore, I guess. Um, but uh, listen, this was uh, this was something they've been lining up. It was a way for them, I think, to try to showcase Benoni a little bit on regular television um, and also the wingmen. It was good to see the wingmen on regular television and not on dark, um, but it was, you know, the match was what it was from the, from the limited kind of feed that I had of it. You know, I didn't think Bononi was going to win. It kind of went the way I thought it was going to go. Uh, and some of the stuff that they were doing throughout the match was, was fun in trying to interfere with orange Cassidy. Um, that's my take. Kate, you might think completely the opposite here. No, I'm in alignment with you for a lot of reasons on this. I love when pro wrestling does things like this, this well and what i mean by that is all of these guys make sense somehow and it's not because they're all the same ethnicity and it's not because they're all mean and that they're this breakfast club kind of feel this like misfits collection but they all have that in common stuff works so well in wrestling when it's done right and i really loved this and i loved the very simple storytelling of you know them fucking with orange Cassidy until he got pissed off enough. They started just going around beating everyone up. Kind of like <laughs> that's a really simple, great story to tell as well as very entertaining to us. Um, some really great spots in this too. I saw a couple people in the news media, uh, recognizing this insane bump that JD Drake took off of the orange punch. That was just fantastic. Worth going back and watching for that alone. Um, but I, I just really appreciate stories like this where they have an entertainment value, but they're not dumb and they're not just grouped together because, but there's something intangible that makes them all make sense. And that is really, really fun to me. I love when wrestling does things like that. This is, this match was for me. If the MMA thing at the beginning wasn't, this is for Kate. So (laughs) I really liked it. And I do just want to say to the wingman, if any of you are listening, you favorited some tweets of mine in the past, especially you, the prettiest of all, Peter Avalon. Oh, if you wanted to give me a makeover, I'm down. I'm just Ooh. gonna throw it out there. Even if you just have like makeup tutorials of some sort or like a fashion blog, I'm I'll subscribe. I'll like share, subscribe. Let's go. But like 
I I would pay good money for your styling services. And if Orange Cassidy's not going to appreciate it, I'm not going to go around. I'm not going to go punch J.D. Drake because of that. I appreciate it. So I'm just throwing it out there. There's a lot of incredible fashion on AEW. So I, I trust it. I don't know. They've earned my trust. I will say if there is any way we can get the wingmen or any of the wingmen on this show to give you makeover tips, I will easily can everything else that we have planned for a standard show and be like, please, uh, we will take your, your makeover tips for Kate. Oh my gosh. Please. Uh, so yeah, if you're listening and you want to make that happen, maybe start bugging people and we can, uh, <laughs> we can work on it. Yup. Um, anyway, so moving on from, the, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say my old goal used to be to be a cleaner girl for the Kenny Omega entrance and mm-hmm. that got taken away from me. So now maybe my new life goal is to get a makeover from the wingmen. I feel so motivated now. And like, I have so much purpose. Well, let's, let's try to make it happen, Kate. Let's get on it. Hashtag. We got to come up with a hashtag. What should our hashtag be for this? Well, our hashtag is always hashtag join the Mark order. Uh, but, but like to, like to start a movement for them to give me a makeover. So I think it should be hashtag. Uh, wingmen wing makeover. Oh, how about wingmen? uh wing makeover yeah i I don't know i was gonna try to work you in somehow but that might be the best way to do all right i don't know we'll we'll come up with something we'll tell people what that's our poll for the week which wingman stable member should give me my makeover oh my god yeah let's do it (laughs) so after this match we do get jungle boy uh interviewed backstage but all of a sudden Kenny Omega and Don Callis roll up to interrupt. And Omega says that the champ is here with no fancy suit, no title belt. And why? Because Jack embarrassed him and tarnished his image. And he's going to give Jungle Boy a chance to show him how tough he is. Uh, He says uh, (laughs) he's packed a picnic with two knuckle sandwiches for Jungle Boy. And he wants to fight right here. That was one of my favorite lines. Um, Did you not think I got Jack Johnson and Tom O'Leary rating right for you? <laughs> I mean, I did, but it was just when he said I got a picnic with two uh, knuckle sandwiches. It was just amazing. Oh, just stealing that to use in life. Absolutely. Like, blatantly. Yeah. Um, uh, so Jungle Boy says uh, he'd rather beat uh, Kenny next week in the ring for the title. But uh, Kenny sweetens the deal a little bit. He says the first one's free. But as soon as he takes that shot, Kenny's going to be all over his ass. This is the only chance. And Jack uh, basically goes to put his hair up. And all of a sudden, Naka, 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 Nakazawa attacks from behind uh, with his laptop. And then Omega uh, jumps Jungle Boy. They brawl a little bit and we, you know, we go to break. Uh, so, Kate, clearly they're built. They're just building to this match uh, on the Saturday night uh, Dynamite. Um I like this segment because it was one of those, to me, it was like a classic heel thing. It's like, listen, let's just do this right now. And the first shot's free. Go ahead. Take your shot. And you know that jungle boy's never going to be able to get his shot. It's just uh, a way he's going to get jumped. But for me, it just, uh, it's one of those classic uh, 
I guess you'd call it a trope, right? Like, cause you see it so much like, go ahead, take your shot. First one's free and it's never free. Of course. <laughs> You're always paying the price. And Kenny just to me plays this so well um, that I, you know, they're building to this match Saturday night. I think it's going to be a banger, but I thought this was a nice little segment to kind of fit in. Yes. Agreed. And one thing that I appreciate about AEW and I've talked about this with stables when people have talked about things being too stable crowded is that, I feel like there's so many personalities that are all different, even though you have like collections of good guys and collections of bad guys. I also feel like that's true on the individual side. Kenny Omega is such a different heel than an MJF, right? We see it with baby faces. Cody's a completely different face than Orange Cassidy. So I just really appreciate the diversity of the heels and faces that we get and the collective identities of the stables because nothing really feels repetitive. And that paired with, the way they rotate talent week to week, other than the inner circle and the pinnacle, which they shove down our throat constantly. Right. Um, but outside of that, sincerely, like everything feels so fresh on AEW to me. And I think that diversity individually and collectively is a huge part of why. And that clicked in my head when I saw this segment. I was like, God, some of the top heels just have such different personalities and ring styles in this company. And I just really appreciate that. Totally. It, it's nice to see that they, they just um, with with these short builds, right, because it's a pretty short build. Um, they're not just giving us the same thing week over week. It's it's been pretty consistently different where one week it's a conspiracy theory, you know, kind of thing against Kenny. And the next week he's kind of like, go ahead, take your best shot. This one's free. And, you know, like it's never the same thing. Um, so I, I just think it's kind of refreshing and we're going to get the match Saturday. So this might be all behind us soon. Um, so we go, uh, back from the commercial. We have the Hardy family office being interviewed backstage. Uh, and Matt Hardy is accusing Christian cage of breaking his contract, uh, and coming for him. So, um, if he keeps it up, he's going to send him, but cage attacks, um, he never gets to finish what he's going to send him. Uh, so Cage makes the attack. But Kate, here's where things get super meta. The Hardy family office locks Cage in a cage. Well, it's- Rusty Cage by Soundgarden is playing in oh, the I background. Mean, I made that up. But that would have been that would have been just over the top. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> um so while while Christian Cage is locked in his rusty cage, um, Matt Hardy basically says he wants to talk and he's going to give Christian one out, retire again, and Matt Hardy will even pay for it. But Christian basically tells him to open the door. Matt refuses. He says he wants to give him a little alone time to kind of put things into perspective uh, and tells Brian, C- uh, Brian Cage, tells Christian Cage, that if he keeps coming for Hardy, he's going to have to end his career permanently. So I bring it up because I love the cage locked in a cage thing. Um, and despite all his rage, Christian Cage is still just a rat in a cage. Um, so, Kate, what did, what did you think of this? Clearly, you know, we're, we're going to have a match between Matt Hardy and Christian at some point. Um, is this something that you're looking forward to? I mean, these guys are both. At this point, you know, Christian is kind of in the, you know, latter point of his career. I don't think he's close to ending, but clearly he's had seven-year layoff due to medical. He's back. He looks good, but he's not a young guy. Matt Hardy is clearly past his prime. 
not in a bad way, but he's not in his prime years. Is this a match that excites you now at this point in both of these guys' careers? So a few things. I'll just the only thing I want to say about the segment is I was a little distracted by the fact that I had no idea what contract Matt Hardy was talking about. Yeah. See, I guess we, there was an insinuated verbal contract, but I was like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> I have not seen a signing or uh, a segment where there was a verbal contract. So I sometimes it's great. It's always great to assume your audience is smart, but don't assume I know what's going on when you haven't shown me. So that was a little distracting. I'm not super excited for this match. And as I have thought that and said it, even before this podcast, I was like, you know, what's going to happen. I'm going to say that. And they're going to get in the ring and I'm going to be like, these motherfuckers can still go. That's exactly what's going to happen. Of course. And if you told me, that of the insane ladder people that we've seen in wrestling that Christian Cage and Matt Hardy <laughs> would be, and neither of the Dudley boys were going to be active wrestlers, I would have been stunned. Um, so I'm not like excited for this match necessarily, but I feel like as soon as that bell rings, I'm going to be like, let's fucking go. And I'm going to be blown <laughs> away by what they do. <laughs> I know it, it's going to be interesting to see because, I mean, at, right now we don't have anything booked, right? There's nothing to say they're going to fight on this date in this kind of match. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. So it'll be interesting to see kind of what they do because it doesn't seem like it's just going to be a standard one-on-one match. It seems like there's going to be something else to this. Uh, but we could be wrong. You never know. We've been wrong before. Uh, but we'll see where, what happens. Um, I'm kind of with you, Kate, like just thinking about – these guys at this point in their career, like, am I excited for it? Not necessarily, but I also wasn't really excited for Sting's first match back in like six years and he jumped off the ramp. So, um, or Shaq getting in the ring at all and he went through a fucking table. So they definitely true. know how to handle these things. <laughs> they certainly do. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we do get into our next match. It is Brock Anderson's debut. Uh, he is wrestling with Cody Rhodes versus the factory, the team of Aaron Solo versus QT Marshall. We're giving him the respect he deserves, Kate, because that's what he wants. Um, so this is the first look we're getting of Brock Anderson. And what I can tell you is imagine Arn Anderson, but with hair. And that is what you get when you see Brock Anderson in Dude. the ring. Holy shit. And I'll do one better. I was watching. Okay, so. Eddie Kingston said that thing, which made me think of Eddie Gilbert. So I went to go watch Eddie Gilbert match. And Eddie Gilbert, I swear to God, looks like the love child of Arn Anderson and Zicky Dice so much. And now that I've said that, you're never going to be able to unsee it. So go and check it out. But to your point, they look identical. Cool. It is bananas. Pillman Jr. looks a lot like his dad, too. But this is like... I think especially because he's still like here and active, like it's it's unreal how much they look alike, like just the spitting image. Yeah, it it is crazy uh, how much they look alike. Um, So, listen, you know, we we're going to cut to the end of this match because, you know, there was this was actually a little bit of a longer match. They go to a commercial break and listen, it was a pretty standard match. Nothing like crazy that I can recall or that I have in my notes uh during this match but um 
Uh, Brock Anderson does get the win for him and Cody Rhodes with a pinfall with by pinfall with like a jackknife pin uh, on uh, Aaron Solo. So Aaron Solo eats the pin. Brock Anderson, you know, gets the pin. Uh, Cody's not a factor, and QT Marshall are not uh, necessarily a factor in the finish. Um, I thought this was actually for for something where we were um, not necessarily kind of sold on. Like, okay, Brock Anderson, whatever. Like, I actually was pretty impressed with what I saw out of him in his first match. And I think it's a good way to almost protect him to put him in a tag match like this, right? So, you know, he's not just hung out there in a solo match if if things don't go well. So I thought this was really smart of them, and I was actually pretty impressed by what I saw. Um, other than that, clearly things aren't done between the Nightmare family and the Factory, so we'll see where things go there. But uh, Kate, what did, what did you think about this? I mean, were you were you, I guess, as impressed with Brock Anderson as I was, simply because, <laughs> like, we didn't know what to expect? Yeah, I would say the my my bar was very low. I did think you're 100 percent right. It was such a smart idea to introduce someone who's never wrestled on television before with a tag match with someone as veteran as Cody and you have QT Marshall on the other side. Um, uh, Marsh Marshall Marshall, excuse me. It's just hard for me to respect you after I've seen you in a bowling shirt. Um, but, but I will say too, I actually thought one thing that made me really happy was I haven't been like super in on Aaron solo, but I thought the thing that surprised me the most was Aaron Solo and Brock Anderson really were laying their shit in this match. I felt like, yeah. like I thought the offense was a lot stronger. And I feel like when you see guys debuting or newer guys in general, the thing that they don't want to do in their first match is actually shoot injure their opponent. So they tend to be a little more tentative. I thought they did a really good job laying their offense. in. I was really, really impressed by that. And one of the better matches I've seen out of solo, I think as well. So, um, I wasn't impressed in the way that like I was, I wasn't impressed like anytime Phoenix is on my screen or anything like that. But like my expectations were very like pretty low and they, they all held their own very well. And then to be surrounded by seasoned veterans in the process made this match work really well for me. Yeah. And I guess maybe, maybe impressed is kind of the wrong word to use. Maybe I was, let's say, pleasantly surprised. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, uh, Because, uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect out of Brock Anderson. You're right. Impressed kind of gives the impression that like, whoa, I was blown away. And it's like, (laughs) I wasn't necessarily blown away, but he did look pretty good. So it'll be interesting to see what happens once he starts getting some uh, singles matches under his belt. But, you know, a good first showing from Brock Anderson. We did get a little bit of uh, celebration with him and Arn after the match, which was kind of cool to see as well uh so after this match we get jake the snake and lance archer cutting a promo uh from some sort of warehouse somewhere i still can't see because i'm blinded by jake's insanely white teeth well he must be on that dd uh ddp tip because uh (laughs) ddp's teeth are also looking awesomely white uh but jake basically says that lance isn't a doctor uh, because he doesn't have any patience. <laughs> uh, what a dad joke. And what he's going to do uh, is bitch slap him and tell him, or, or 
Sorry, I totally read my notes wrong. Uh, Jake asks, what, you know, what is he going to do? Bitch slap him and tell him to stop? I'm talking about Lance. Uh, but Archer paces around like uh, basically an insane person the entire time and then basically tells Roberts, uh, you know, let's go or something to that effect. And Jake kind of gets scared and is like, see you later. And that's basically the end. So again, there to me here, Kate, there's not too much to talk about except the fact that they're really just trying to build Lance up as this, you know, crazy guy, uh, this crazy monster, not a crazy guy, but he's just a monster who's going to come in and kick the shit out of you and leave. And that's what we've been seeing out of him lately. He had a squash last week. Jake didn't even get off the ramp and he was out. Uh, I think we had that on dark this week too. Lance basically came out, squashed somebody. Jake was on commentary, but it was pretty much a one, two, three thing. Um, my only question though, Kate is where, where do we go from here with uh, with Lance? What what's he on a path for? It's got to be the TNT Championship at some point, right? I would think so, but I feel like they want Mir to have a decent reign, and it is they listen to their fans at this promotion and theirs. And my my judgment is clouded because I'm the biggest Eddie Kings to mark, but there's a lot of people that are saying that would be a fuck of a moment, wouldn't it, if uh, Eddie Kingston at Arthur Ashe beat Miro for the TNT title and wow does that sound like printing money um, so I don't know I don't know where Lance Archer goes I'm still not unconvinced that this like <laughs> redesign rebuild reclaim rampage <laughs> slogan he has kicking around I don't know if he's going to be holding down a trio's title on rampage with two other guys or something like that. Like, I'm not convinced that that rampage piece of what he's doing is unintentional. Um, but I liked this. I, I love puns. Obviously um, Jake just refuses to not be in the eighties. So you want to talk about doctors and patients. That's fine by me. Um, so this segment was fine by me. I don't know where Lance goes, but they're, they're really good at turning up the gas on people when they need them to feel important. So, um, it just seems like he's not in a stable. So right. When guys aren't in stables, what does that mean for them right now? Yeah. And I mean, you know, the other interesting thing will be uh, just thinking about it because you said Rampage. The other thing will be interesting to see is like, will maybe Lance be a bigger, you know, piece of Rampage, right? Uh, they're going to have another hour to fill. So uh, we'll see what happens. But listen, I like I like this fucking beast, this animal Lance Archer. Uh, so just keep giving him to me. Um, all right. From this, we move into Jim Ross sitting down with Andrade El Idolo. Um, so Kate, the big thing here was basically that, you know, we have this dead interview. Andrade basically says that he came to AEW because there are many stars, but he is the superstar. Uh, he also says that he wants opportunities for both singles titles here. And, uh, by both, I mean the heavyweight, you know, uh, or the world championship and the TNT championship, I would assume. Uh, and that he's here with Vicky Guerrero because she understands the business and she is very smart and they have a great connection, but you need to wait because they do have a surprise for us. And that's what goes into break. Now I know Kate, we had a Twitter poll, which is probably what you're kind of getting up for us here. I am. <laughs> but um, this set the world on fire. Like immediately, 
Um, Twitter was ablaze with what that could mean. Uh, and I know you're going to go through the poll. Thea Trinidad, though, is somebody who is always uh, tied to uh, Andrade because of their time together in the in the Federation. Um, I think she even put something out there like, you know, surprise with a question mark and like the thinky emoji or whatever. I don't know. She did something like that to kind of, you know, fuel the the fire. Right. Stir the pot, put some spoons in the porridge. Um, So, Kate, you did put up a poll and I want your thoughts on this, this as well, but you did put up a poll. So whenever you want to talk about the poll, go for it. But what are your thoughts on this promo? I thought it worked very well. I really liked this. I feel very similarly to how AEW handled Sheeta, saying that like her language barrier kind of prevented her from doing promos. They said the same thing about Andrade and WWE. And I was like, well, that's a load of crap because he sounds great here. Um, I think Thea is an interesting possibility. I've obviously been in that corner for a long time because of what I thought she could do for the women's division. She can actually go. A lot of people forget that she wrestled in impact a little bit. Um, but she, she has a phenomenal presence. And so I don't know if her and Vicky can coexist. We don't see that storyline get too exhausted in AEW, So I'd be open to something like that. Um, that was the overwhelming favorite on the poll we did. Uh, 50% of people said that he thinks that they think that they is entering the picture in some way. That makes sense for something we're going to see later as well. Getting in the ring against Britt Baker makes me think maybe Thea comes out <laughs> and helps her, hurts her something. Um, but the other ones that I threw out there is he, forming a stable with a w talent that already exists maybe the death triangle becomes the quadrilateral i don't know um maybe they're gonna do a triple a match on a w those were at 22 and 21 percent i also threw out um working with lfi or the american roh branch of los ingobernables um which I know you guys are probably confused thinking, wow, Kate must be a native Spanish speaker with how she pronounced that. Surprisingly, no. (laughs) Um, But the one piece of the forbidden door that hasn't really been open, I guess outside of MLW, as far as AEW goes, is is ROH. And it seems like that would be a very reasonable fit. Um, And with the narrative that he's presented about being representative of Hispanic wrestling talent, that would certainly be an interesting and immediate possibility. I do think, you know, it's, it's tough because there were rumors that Thea was at the performance center, but there was never anything confirmed about her putting pen to paper. And then with her husband being let go, who knows if she's in there, I would think she's not, if they went out of their way to sign Selena De La Renta, not just because they're two gorgeous Hispanic women, but they, they play similar roles with a similar vibe. So that might be a little redundant for WWE. Um, but she, I think could make things really interesting. Some people were throwing around the reformation of LAX and doing that with Andrade, which would be interesting. I think they're still a little tied up in the inner circle. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's a lot of possibilities. A lot of people in the poll think it's Thea. A lot of people think it might be, I mean, that was, that was half of it. And then like at about 20% for the other two was just doing the triple A pact on a W television. Um, 
and uh, just forming a stable with AEW talent that's already there. The LFI thing only came in at 7%, and I actually think that's a real possibility. So what do I know? <laughs> hey, you know, listen, there's 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 so many ways they could go with this. Um, and they don't necessarily need to pay this off immediately, right? Like they can kind of continue to kind of dangle that carrot in front of us about the surprises coming or, you know, we're going to make this announcement, whatever. Um, so they don't need to pay it off immediately. So if they slow burn it, like that's totally fine. You know, maybe things have to work themselves out, but either way, it definitely got people talking. It was all over <laughs> the Twitter sphere. As uh, the people say, as soon as he dropped that, we have a surprise. Uh, and then they went to break. Um, so, uh, coming back uh they go to commercial and coming back we get the dark order uh and hangman adam page interviewed backstage uh where page does accept will hop's challenge but says that he's uh not concerned about that right now he just wants to drink and hang out with his friends um he uh he asked about being the number two contender uh to the title but uh hangman basically says that john silver's almost healed up 10 got the win last week. Number five uh, basically got a new jacket. And Uno gave a great performance uh, against Miro the week before. Uh, so he wants to toast all of them. He totally just bypasses that number two contender thing. So um, I don't know if we really have too much to talk about here, Keith, but I thought it was interesting there, that they're still kind of playing that game with asking him about the world title. And he's like, I don't even want to talk about it. He just goes straight past it, which clearly makes me think that down the line, he's going to be the guy to get it off Kenny. Um, they are just really burning this slow. Um, I don't I know. I think that's, that's your all out go home shot is Adam page with uh, holding the belt up in the air. I think that's where we're headed. Um, I, I did love this. I just think it's so funny. Like, I don't care about that guy. I want to celebrate all my friends and all right. the great things they did, who I refused to be in a stable with, but they're my buddies. Like I, this was very entertaining to me. They do such a good job with authentic feeling comedy. Like I love it. Yeah. It was another good segment, including, uh, the dark order. Um, so, um, we do go into a ladies match. We have Julia Hart versus Kate. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Penelope Ford. Um, I'm a bad, bad girl. That's right. Um, so so this is, I think, maybe the second time we're seeing Julia Hart on uh, Dynamite. Um, Penelope Ford, this is the first time we've seen her in a while. Like she's been kind of out uh, after the marriage went, uh, the marriage ceremony went awry. Um, but uh, we do basically get, Penelope Ford winning. She puts a submission uh, on uh, on Julia Hart. I believe it was the Muda lock to get the win. Um, so I don't know. Um, Post match, uh, you know, Penelope keeps basically uh, the hold on Julia for as long as she can, and then the Varsity Blondes kind of come in to break things up. Um, and then Miro comes in. Uh, Miro comes on to basically ask where uh, Kip Sabian is. He promises Penelope that he'll fight for her honor uh, before uh, dropping Griff Garrison uh, with Lariat. Uh, Brian Pillman, uh, you know, uh, dives in and uh, they brawl out until the referees kind of pull them apart. And then Miro breaks loose and uh, charges in to basically restart the brawl. Uh, so 
Uh, this is kind of where we see that Brian Pillman, uh, as as Schlong talked about earlier, we're going to get Pillman and Miro uh, for the TNT title. This is kind of the catalyst for it. Interesting here, though, Kate, not as much as the match. The match was decent. You know, Penelope looked OK. Um, but the interesting thing here is now now Miro is saying he's going to fight for uh, Penelope's honor. Uh, because Kip is nowhere, gonna, we're nowhere to be found. So it's just interesting. Um, I haven't heard anything about Kip, where he is. I don't think he's injured. I just think he's off TV. I think that clearly at some point Kip is going to fight Miro for this TNT title. I don't think he's going to get it off of him, but I think that that's going to kind of be our blow off. Um, I don't know, Kate, what do you think about this whole thing? So I actually... I was very nervous about this match because we haven't seen Penelope in a while and Julia Hart is very green. So mm-hmm. I I was I was pretty impressed by this because uh, my expectations were low, kind of like we were saying with Brock Anderson. This was this really held its own. I thought Penelope really needed this. This looked good. Um, and I'm not just saying that because you say she looks like me, that like she looked so good, like I look so good. Um but I kind of like this. I like the idea that Miro like maybe doesn't get what he did to him. Like that he thinks everything's fine. Um, right. It's kind of fun to me. Like, oh yeah, but like I had to do that. I just, I had to put him in his place, but we're good. Is a, is a fun story to tell and not one we see in wrestling a lot because um, we like clarity in our stories a lot, but this is the really fun, fun layer to add into it. So I really liked uh, just about everything about this. And I think Kip had an eye surgery. So I think that is part of why he's been out. I think part of it is time off TV so that we can mount this comeback. But I, I'm pretty sure it was a, an eye surgery from an injury he sustained. So, okay, okay. Um, but I, yeah, I actually, I, I really liked this women's match and I liked everything that happened after. Well, we'll see what happens in the title match that is upcoming for this TNT title and also where uh, where the hell Kip Sabian reinserts himself. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff going on here with Miro, and I like seeing Miro on TV, so I'm all for it. Um, we go backstage where Britt Baker is being interviewed uh, by Tony Schiavone, of course, one of her best friends. Um uh and then vicky guerrero comes in she starts complaining that things smell like wrong raw onions and stale cheese sauce i don't really get the references there but uh basically she says that she's not happy because she wants the title around nyla rose's waist uh and then brit suggests that uh she should just uh you know brit's like oh should i just hand the title over uh you know and vicky says that she actually wants a match and Tony Khan owes her a favor for bringing Andrade in. Uh, so uh, he's let her set up a match. And then Nyla Rose and uh, and Vicky Guerrero will face Britt Baker and Rebel. Uh, or Reba, sorry. Reba, not Rebel. Um, and it won't happen uh, on the next... Uh, it, it will happen on the next Wednesday night, Dynamite, June 30th. Uh, as well as Miro versus Brian Pillman Jr. And we find out... Sammy Guevara and MJF are going to have a match that same night. Uh, so we find out a couple things there. Uh, we get the kind of Britt Baker match that's going to happen. I guess it is what it is. Um, the reference was to the cheeseburgers, Aunt. Oh, duh. The onions and the cheese sauce. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, cheese, see, cheese sauce did, maybe threw me off because the Big Macs uh, don't have cheese sauce on them. 
it's you know slices of melted cheese that and makes sense secret sauce um <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, listen, I didn't have a problem with any of this. Uh, clearly, I think we're building to a, a title match, Nyla versus Britt. Uh, but we're going to do this tag match in the interim. Uh, you know, uh, it is what it is. I mean, we'll see what happens. But, Kate, what do you think about this this whole thing? Does this tag match excite you? I mean, it doesn't really not, excite me. No, not <laughs> in the least. Unless Thea does come out um, or it's a vehicle for something else like that. But there's... There's nothing that excited me about seeing her with Nyla and there's nothing that excites me about adding Rebel or Vicky to that picture because last time Rebel was in the ring, she was not great at all. So uh, no, I'm not excited. And yes, I'm annoyed that this is the first thing they're doing with Brit's championship reign. A hamburger feud with Nyla in Vicky. What? True. Uh, no, we're on the same page here. I'll say this. I don't want to see, uh, Reba, not rebel, uh, in the ring again. She didn't look super great when we've seen her in the ring, but boy, is she throwing out some thirst trapping stuff on Instagram. Look good in the ring, but she looks good on the socials, baby. (laughs) Yeah. Give, uh, give our girl Reba a follow on, uh, on the IG. Uh, man, she's thrown out some pictures. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, commentary is basically hyping up the Saturday night card, uh, but we'll talk about that a little later. We get a video package, basically dueling promos from FTR and Proud and Powerful, where um, FTR basically saying that uh, Santana and Ortiz are basically the same as them, but Ortiz and Santana say that uh, they uh, think they're the same uh, FTR thinks they're the same, but they're not. That's I forgot the- about this segment because we haven't seen it in a few days. Them arguing over who had the shittier life is the funniest shit in the world to me. Yeah, I, I was actually just going to say that. Like, that's the gist of the promo. It's like, we're, <laughs> we're the same people. And it's like, you think we're the same, but we're not. And they start to, yeah, they start to basically go back and forth about who had the shittier upbringing. It was, yeah, it was weird and funny. Um, I don't know if it was supposed to be, but I found it funny. Good point, Kate. It was just such a like, so unexpected. And it made me laugh of just like competing about whose life sucks more. I know it was it was funny, but 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 uh, I want to get to FTR and proud and powerful. Like I mean, this is something I want to see big time. So we'll see where it eventually winds up. That was an awful short promo, but uh, we come back from commercial, um, and uh, Smart Mark Sterling and Jade Cargill are backstage to talk about their. Uh, basically their monetization plan. Uh, he says they've partnered with uh, Toronto Four Seasons. They're accepting uh, offers from other elite companies, uh, promo code that bitch. Uh, but they're also focused on pro wrestling uh, where Jade is currently undefeated and that she's going to continue her win streak on the first episode of Rampage because she's that bitch. Be careful we don't want copyright infringement but yes she's that pitch uh so i think i don't think we need to necessarily discuss this kate because we talked about smart mark and jade before i think we all know your opinions maybe i don't like it because it's too close to my shoot job of like getting sponsorships for things and whatever 
and like creating partnerships. Hey, I think we might need to hire you for the Mark Order podcast. Yeah, I think I might need to hire myself. <laughs> hey, Kate, uh, can you reach out to yourself and see what the billable, you know, what the fees are? And if we can talk, if you can talk yourself down, you know, maybe we'll work something out. Oh, buddy. So much of my life is talking myself down. But I hear her rates are pretty reasonable. If you continue to edit banger themes for segments, she'll do pretty much whatever you need on the sponsorship side. Oh, my God. Anyway, moving forward, we get to the main event in the evening. It's Eddie Kingston, Frank Kazarian, and Penta versus the Elite, which is uh, the Good Brothers, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, and Matt Jackson. Um. So again, we see Kazarian basically this new elite hunter, basically, you know, uh, taking control of a lot of parts of this match. I thought Frankie looked really good in this match. Uh, I thought Penta looked good. Eddie looked good. Honestly, I think everybody pretty much looked good. This was a, you know, when you have all these guys in, in one match, how can it not be good? Um, but uh, as we kind of uh, move closer to the end of this match, uh, we do have Penta in the ring with Carl Anderson. Um, uh, uh, basically, as Penta goes up to the top rope, Nick Jackson is ringside, runs in with the cold spray. Uh, Machine Gun then uh, is able to go off the top rope, and the Elite win by a pinfall with the Machine Gun stun from Carl Anderson on uh, on uh, Penta El Cerro Mierdo. And that... Um, sets up basically an elite celebration on the stage and that is the end of the show so kate six-man tag we had our trios match um again as i kind of said a lot of guys big names who you'd expect a lot out of in the main event and i thought this was a really fun match that worked well with a lot of kind of differing styles what did you think i agree this wasn't like the biggest story or the most momentous story i don't think anyone thinks that like we're going to have this lead to title switching hands or anything like that, but it's just a collection of phenomenal wrestlers being really great at what they do. And if you're going to throw that on a main event of free television, I'm there for it. My friend, I really liked this match. And like you said, so, so many different styles and, um, I even styles within both sides of those coins. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really liked this. These are just, six guys who know how to how to execute professional wrestling really well so even though it's not like the most intense story to close out the episode like i'm not i'm not gonna get mad at this this was great yeah and clearly there's still there's still issues here um you know we had a uh you know kind of a, a schmoz finish here the cold spray you know uh helping get to the win um so i definitely don't think this kind of issue is is resolved between these two groups so we'll get maybe another couple matches out of it but it was a a fun match to close the night um so it was an okay friday night show hey something to do late night on a friday night it's wrestling i'll take it i'm with you um so kate they did release some rankings today we're gonna go through it super fast because nobody's wrapping them um i'll wrap them i'll wrap them right now have at it I wasn't prepared for that. Okay, before I jump in, which I will, I do just want to say Kenny Omega is 5-0, and and we give... He's on my TV all the time, so I'm not, like, as annoyed about it as I was with Sheeta. But just to be fair, 
Five no, and I'm oh. with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. Um, uh, I think part of it too, though, is don't forget too, Kate, that he did have a few main event matches in impact that don't count to his record. Yes. You know, so he has been wrestling more, uh, just maybe not always on AEW television where, you know, we kind of gave Sheeta shit because she wrestled three times in singles matches uh, in six yeah. months. And just wasn't around at all. Like, right. just wasn't there. So I'm with Right. You. But right. Kate, if you want to wrap the rankings, you totally can. I wasn't uh, going to have you do it. And we were making good time. Matt, this is for you. Where are you starting? Men's. Okay, go for it. Kenny and Miro, they're your champs. They're your heroes. Jungle Boy is number one. His theme song's the most fun. Adam Page at number two. Coming for Kenny. He's coming for you. Orange Cassidy at number three. Will he be in the main event? We'll see. Will Hobbs is number four. He just wants more and more. Darby Allen, number five. Still gonna be alive even after the match with Paige and Sky, which was brutal. I mean, you said Kenny and Miro, they're the champs. They're our heroes. And then that was the end of the rhyme. I was, I was switching it up. You weren't going to say they're the best. I get it. I literally almost went to say best. And then I was like, back but back. champs and heroes don't. That doesn't work. I'm sorry. No, but Miro and hero rhymes. That's what I was going for. That's not the way that the rhyme. That's not the way the pentameter fell. <laughs> it's how it fell in my heart. I feel like you're, you know, maybe you're trying to do this in iambic pentameter. But it just didn't work. Anyway, so we should do rankings haikus next time. Oh, my God. That takes so much work. All right. Fine. Britt Baker's your champ at 11 and one. Wait then a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so so Darby Allen did did take a hit in the rankings. I think it's worth saying something, right? He sure, lost. He lost in that uh, handicap match. He went from number three all the way down to number five. Um, and then Cassidy and Will Hobbs kind of moved up. So, you know, that, that makes, um, that makes sense when you look, you know, when you look at kind of the way the ranking should work, right. He should drop and other people should rise. Correct. I'm kind of curious about Hobbs being number four. That intrigues me. I think he's just there for now. He's eventually going to drop out. I, well, and I think we might see him in Miro at some point. Cause that's just going to be fucking whoa <laughs> yeah, totally. but yeah i'm with you so did you want to wrap the ladies no i'm i'm over it okay well that was short-lived and i think now it's officially dead congratulations matt fine no i'll br- i'll wrap oh boy whenever you're ready i'm putting my head down <laughs> if you're not watching a facebook you're missing how broken Anne is i'm just I'm going to put my head down. You can stare at the top of my bald head. I just can't look at you uh, when you do this. All right. I can't look at me either. Your champ's Britt Baker. DMD. Who's her challenger? Let's see. Nyla Rose at number one. 
I don't think this angle is very fun. Take Conti, number two. Let's see what she can do. Thunder Rosa, they've got history. Will she beat her? Guess we'll see. Chris Stellander, <laughs> number four. Boop her way more and more. She does number five, but we can say goodbyes to her. Oh, my God. Oh, so um, Chris Dallander kind of jumped up uh, over Sheeta uh, because she I didn't tell who it was on her picture. That's why I hesitated. I was like, who's the? Oh, it's an alien. <laughs> I was like, is there a power rate? Oh, it's an alien. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so Statlander did move up. Um, and I, I don't know who, maybe, maybe they're kind of lining Chris Statlander up as the next challenger for Britt Baker, right? Maybe we'll get Chris Statlander at all out against Britt Baker. I don't think Britt Baker will lose, but when you're looking at competition for Britt Baker and you're kind of looking at the rankings, if we're going to use the rankings, maybe it's Chris Statlander at that point. I don't think it's going to be Thunder Rosa. Um, yeah, I think they'll wait on think. that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Kate, uh, I got to give you the, at least the opportunity. Would you like to wrap the tag I'm, team rankings? I don't want to, but I feel like if I do it, maybe Matt will do it again someday. He's not going to, but go ahead. All right. Your champs are the Jacksons, the Young Bucks. Do they need the belt? I don't give a fuck. Then there's the Varsity Blondes. They've got long hair bond. The acclaimed at number two. Rapping is what they do. FTR at number three. Had the titles. Will they be champs again (laughs) number four i keep saying more and more i'm so stuck who knows what they have in store lax coming up they're the best lax oh god (laughs) santana and ortiz coming up next got their name right they're the best. <laughs> banger, oh banger, rankings wrap this week. Oh my god! Well, um, it's easy to be a critic when you never do this, Aunt. I never offered to do it, and I'm not I going know. to. I know it hurts my feelings. I thought maybe now that you were older and wiser, you'd be like, "Let me help out." That's why I don't offer to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily know uh, if there's any sh- major shakeups in the tag division. Um, I think FTR jumped over Private Party. That was really the only different move from week over week. Um, they will have basically a Santana uh, and Ortiz are going to have a have a match against FTR. We know that that's coming. So. Um, you know, it could cost things to shake up a little bit more, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, you know, kind of ranked teams here 
that can really go after those belts and I think give good matches to the Bucks. So it will be interesting to see what happens, but we're not looking that far out just yet. We're just looking to Saturday night. Kate, S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y, night. Uh, Dynamite is going to be live June 26th at 8 p.m., on uh, TNT, this is going to be the last non-Wednesday show, hopefully for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so we know that that night we are going to get our AEW World Championship match. We're going to have Kenny Omega defending his belt with Jungle Boy and Don Callis, of course, will be in the corner for the champ. Of course he will. Of course. Hangman Page answered the call. He'll face powerhouse Hobbs uh, with Taz in his corner. Uh, at least that's how they're billing it uh, f- on Saturday night. Bravo. Uh, that's right. Bravo. <laughs> uh, we're going to have Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel. It seems like a kind of a weird throwaway match, but that could wind up being a really fun match. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if that maybe doesn't have a show stealer vibe to it. Uh, we're also going to see Chris Statlander with Orange Cassidy versus the bunny with the blade in her corner. Um, and I think right now that is all we have lined up for Saturday and then, um, uh, the following, uh, week on Wednesday, we're going to have, uh, you know, a whole new slew of matches. Uh, so we're lining it up. I think, you know, we're going to get something special out of jungle boy and, uh, jungle boy and Kenny. Uh, I think that that's going to be a great match and that's why they're offering it on Saturday night. Uh, to get people to turn it on, but uh, I don't know. It's it seems to be a pretty decent card. Should be a pretty good show. Kate, what do you think? Yeah, I'm excited. I think there's no way we're not talking about Kenny and Jungle Boy being one of the best matches in AEW history at the end of the show. And they do this sometimes with these non pay per view pay per view things, like where the rest of the card is good, but like blood and guts was the thing. Like I think this might be one of those where it's like the main event is just like an absolute banger and the rest of the card's really good too like it feels exciting but you're just like walking away talking about that one thing i think it might be that caliber of a match well i'm excited to see that championship match and uh even some of the other cards that like i or some of the other matches on the card like matt seidel and you know uh dante martin could turn out to be a really fun match Uh, so saturday night join us in the discord we'll be there chatting it up if we're around um moving on to some other news and notes as we wrap it up kate a lot of kind of rapid fire stuff here that kind of came through over the last week um so um you know there hasn't been a whole lot of impact crossover stuff of course uh, anybody who's been following we haven't really been following all that closely but we know that uh kenny defended the t- the impact title don Callis, you know fired uh uh oh my god sammy callahan and then Don Callis got fired uh, on Thursday night. Uh, so, um, so all that's been going on, but um, it looks like the impact uh, knockout tag champions uh, want to go through the forbidden door. Uh, they cut a promo and uh, apparently this is how it went. Hogan said, uh, so is this serious? Is this uh, a real thing? Like who put this together? Is the joke on us? Are you playing a joke? Because honestly, for Kim and Susan to be talking all that big stuff and have nothing to back it up, seems like you all want it. So y'all can come get it. So uh, apparently uh, they're not really happy with the fact that Sue Young and Kimberly are going to get a championship match. Uh, 
Uh, Steels goes on to say, just because you all roll with Diana, our knockouts champion for now, does not mean you guys are championship worthy. I mean, Scott, the more uh, we told you to give us competition, but you give us Kimberly and Susan, a.k.a. Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) (laughs) Those two uh, can't even see eye to eye together because, I mean, Susan is in a different world of thinking that she's another Karen out here. And where it gets interesting, Kate, is Steels goes on to say, now we want to go through that forbidden door. We said we want to go through that forbidden door, and you're going to give us the competition. And night, uh, and right after we done ran through these two losers, we will have uh, to just go and take and knock, uh, kick down that forbidden door and go grab our competition, seeing that nobody else has uh, can do it for us. So, Kate, what I find very interesting is that they continue to talk about this forbidden door on Impact, and we really don't hear much about it anymore on AEW. Yeah, I think from the beginning, one of the things I was most excited about was the potential crossover between the knockouts and the women's division of AEW, probably because at that point the AEW women's division was absolutely just in dire straits. So that just seemed like a huge value add. Um, they are a very exciting tag team. I really enjoy, I think fire and flavor. Is that what they're called? I think so. Tasha steals. It's great. Um, they're, they're incredibly, it's like having almost two Sasha banks on a tag team. You can't, can't go wrong. They're fantastic. Right. Fun fact. Tasha steals is also dating Diamante or they're married or they're a couple at least. So yeah, they're together. Maybe it'll be a, maybe it'll be a dark thing or something. Who knows? But, um, I also saw some Twitter stuff about uh, Diana and Brit, or there was, I think Thunder Rosa had said like, who should I face that I haven't seen yet or what champion. Right. Um, and Diana tweeted like a me emoji and Brit was like, good kicker shit. And like something to, to that effect. But a lot of people have been saying, why not? Why not have Diana um come into aw i think because she's enough of a presence that even if you don't know who she is she is still someone that's going to be exciting on your screen um and you have a nice little like champion versus champion feud so and very familiar with each other by the way on like the indies and whatnot so Mm. um i'm all for for the knockouts division crossing over with aw they do a, a really strong job over there with how they book their women um, and are kind of rebounding after losing a, a handful of them to other companies. You know, uh, there's a, and I like everything you mentioned, Kate, about AEW, but there, there could even be other doors that are open because of all the kind of crossover that's working. Um, they could certainly be talking about AEW. And I think that if they had somebody like Red Velvet or Big Swole or even Kylan King, like it would be, it would sure. make sense. I think that you could even maybe say if they would consider quote unquote forbidden door being, you know, signing Billy Kay and Peyton Royce uh, to impact like the WWE girls, you know, now going over, not without saying that. They did just file for a trademark for inspiration with a double I too. So that's extremely Mm -hmm. possible. And I didn't even think about that. But they could also, and and then this is kind of like I think the last way I could see it going is maybe they somehow uh, work on NWA's uh, Empower pay-per-view, right? That's going to be the all-women pay-per-view that NWA runs, um, and I think that's in August. So, 
you know, like they could maybe line something up for Slammiversary and then work towards Empower in August. But there's a lot of different ways they could go. If Impact is going to continue to work this crossover with as many people as they can, you know, the the women are the way to do it. They've got a pretty strong women's division. They could help out some of these other companies for sure. Agreed entirely. I didn't even think about Empower either. That's a great idea. That's right. That should have been called Girl Power. I mean, that... <laughs> That would have been good too. Right. Um, all right, moving on. Um, Tony Khan talked a little bit about the Rampage schedule. Uh, it will be debuting on Friday, August 13th at 10 p.m. on TNT. Uh, so basically, uh, Tony Khan did an interview with, I think, PW Insider. Um, and he basically explained, you know, some of the kind of changes to the way the schedules are going to work. And he said that some of the weeks that Rampage is going to be live. Uh, and then there's going to be weeks where they plan to tape Rampage after Dynamite, uh, kind of including uh, what's going to happen uh, at Arthur Ashe Stadium. So when I guess when they're going to be in Arthur Ashe, uh, they're going to do the show and then they're going to tape a little bit for um, for um, uh, Rampage uh, after that Dynamite. Um, and then they said um, they'll do dynamite uh, and and rampage in some of the same markets where they have you know kind of these big crowds. So it's possible that sometimes they will do them separately. Sometimes it'll be pre-taped. And then the prevailing thought, uh, something that I think he said is um, they would uh, do it live on nights in the same uh, cities that they're doing pay-per-views on a Saturday. So they would run basically a live show and then do the pay-per-view Saturday. Uh, he actually also said that uh, before Dynamite, we used to tape Dark. That's going to change. I'm going to tape Elevation before Dynamite now. Uh, so it's going to be a shorter Elevation, and I may add matches that I'll explain where I'll add them from. Uh, he'll, he said he's going to procure a new venue. Uh, for used to tape dark and other content, that'll be great. I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a trem- it's going to be tremendous, and it will be where we'll shoot dark and we'll do tapings. Uh, and it'll be as it's been. Uh, it's been a developmental situation, and it'll continue to be developmental. Uh, it's been great doing it all under one roof, all at one taping. Uh, and there's been dis- there's been disadvantages, but there'll be um, uh, some advantages now during uh, doing it in its own taping and being able to give a hundred percent attention to these, not having to think about dynamite uh, and soon rampage uh, and elevation also. So, um, so basically uh, you know, it's going, they're going to be changing a lot of schedules. It sounds like they're going to basically do a dedicated taping for dark uh, at a specific venue. And then they're going to tape elevation before the live crowds and, and, at dynamite so interesting to see all the things that are in motion just with this one extra kind of show right yeah it's funny how one domino affects so many other things so yeah yeah <laughs> but i'm i'm excited for that i think it's i mean we talked about it on shlong's segment but like i just think those more digestible one-offs are so much more fun because it's it's bonus it's bonus wrestling which is just so much fun and for a live crowd to do dark as dark matches is great because everybody's already hyped. So um, yeah. I think, I think it'll be wonderful. <clears throat> yeah, it'll be interesting and it's going to be great once they do get back out on the road in July uh, in front of these live crowds. And then we get to see some of the tape stuff they do, um, you know, to have the live fans back behind it. So it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Kate, the other big news that happened earlier or late last week was uh 
uh, I hope you've invested uh, in MJF's uh, MJF coin. Um, if you're down with the cryptocurrency, um, MJF basically put out a tweet saying Doge garbage, Bitcoin garbage, MJF coin better than you and you know it. And he put, uh, you know, this whole kind of release up and he put up a link where you can actually go and invest in MJF coin. Apparently it's legitimate. You can sink your money into this digital coin and maybe make money. I have no freaking clue. Kate, are you an investor in MJF coin? I'm not an investor in MJF coin, but I will say he's kind of right about Bitcoin from what I understand, but Doge is great. So Bitcoin kind of is trash, um, even though they were first. I It's interesting to see a wrestler do it. There's a lot of talk about athletes and musicians doing it, that this might be the way of the future a little bit. Um, and not like little kid names like Sean Mendez said that he's going to leave his label and do this. Kings of Leon said that they're going to do this. So it is interesting to see a wrestler jump in the forefront. I'm all for it. Like, there's no better direct investment and like what a fun way to do this. He's also doing it through rally, which is a really great platform for this. So um, good for him and good for them. They're also like very eco aware. If that's something that's important to you, even though he's a heel, he even said that he posted like all their eco stuff and he was like, not that I give a shit, but they're very eco-friendly. Um, <laughs> so that was really, they're, they're a really great platform. Like everything about it is reputable. If, if you do want to buy yourself some MJF coin, I have not invested yet, but it is definitely a device that I think more artists are going to be, uh, investing in the future and it just makes me laugh that wwe won't let you do your own twitch stream but AEW is letting you launch your own cryptocurrency like that's pretty fucking wild <laughs> yeah yeah it is quite a quite a difference between the companies uh and yes kate you're right it is on rally uh and that is uh for those of you who this matters to because i really don't give a shit it is <laughs> uh powered by the ethereum blockchain and I guess that is real stuff. Yeah, that's that's it's legitimate. I know that much. Whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, oh, there was new video game footage put out last week. Um, uh, so um, basically, there was a new um, uh, a new um, uh, oh my god a YouTube show. Sorry, I couldn't even think. The two point <laughs> show uh, that um, went out last week, where uh, there was actually a huge moment where uh, they uh, dropped a sneak peek of Darby Allen's game uh, in console game um, artwork uh, and also gameplay footage. Uh, now, I didn't watch the two point show, but I did get to see the clip that was going around of the Darby Allen uh, artwork. Uh, and the gameplay, uh, and I thought actually both looked really good for an early on kind of kind of sneak peek. Um, did you happen to see it, Kate? I did, and more impressive than that to me even was just the the huge leap in quality from the old images that were released. Tremendous, tremendous difference. And also, there was just like a green shadow figure that'll be somebody else soon. But all I could think about was the Green Man from It's Always Sunny. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Green Man. 
Great man. Um, so yeah, that looked awesome, and it's a really good. Uh, it's really good to see that it's coming along nicely, and that they're not rushing it. So um, hopefully, more starts to kind of come out soon. Uh, other big news last week: um, the Rhodes family welcomed their new baby into the world before Father's Day. So um, Cody posted that on uh, what date was this? It looked like. Uh, I think it was Wednesday. Yeah, well, I think it was actually the 18th, uh, which would have been uh, Saturday or Friday. So it happened sometime Thursday or or Friday. But basically, uh, six pounds, 12 ounce Liberty Iris Runnels, mother and daughter, are doing wonderful. So um, obviously, we've been following Brandy's whole pregnancy, and now it's finally done. Uh, and we'll see how soon uh, she gets back to another shot of brandy. But um, <laughs> the baby's here. We'll get to, I, I don't know how much of it's going to be on uh, uh, Roads to the Top, which is his uh, reality <laughs> show coming. But it was just something that was out there. Figured it was news and noteworthy. Glad all are doing well. Congratulations to the Rhodes family. Yeah, and I'll just say that it is really. Um... I think she said she's 37, which God bless her. First of all, she looks like that at 37 and she has PCOS. So she had even said like part of the reason I'm so public about my journey. She was like, I'm pretty sure this is the only time I'm going to be able to do this. And it's kind of a miracle. It even happened to begin with. So good for them. I I'm not convinced that isn't a work name. I think maybe the shoot name is something different, but Liberty. I just reminds me of glow because her name was Liberty bell. I mean, they'll probably just call her Libby. Yeah, that's kind of cute, actually. I'm always thinking, thinking, thinking. Thinking, thinking, thinking. So, Kate, it looks like Britt Baker is going to have a uh, starring role on the debut of Rampage uh, because um, they announced uh, that Pittsburgh is going to be in for a double dose of AEW when they return to um, uh the area for two live broadcasts that's going to be wednesday august 11th and friday august 13th for rampage premiere uh and that tickets are going to go on sale uh friday june 25th which is tomorrow uh and Britt baker is prominent uh on the uh imagery for that um announcement so uh looks like there might be something big in store for that night it's britsburg well, I mean, she technically doesn't even live or practice there anymore, so I guess it's not Pittsburgh. Uh, but, Kate, the reason I even bring this up is because maybe that's where we're going to get the Nyla Rose, Britt Baker one-on-one. Um, maybe they that don't, you know, or, or maybe maybe we're past Nyla at that point, you know, and they're giving us something else. I don't, I don't know. I but hope so. Either way, they've <laughs> got to do something. They, you think they've got to do something big with Britt that night right it's got to yeah. be some sort of gimmick match something for sure for sure um she already gave us a bloodbath with thunder rosa so maybe there'll be something different but i'm with you that'll feel like a, a very big deal i think which will be fun well we'll see what happens it's coming uh, august will be here before you know it um we also had um uh new japan kate uh announced their first u.s show with live fans uh, and prominently featured uh, on that is one Mr. John Moxley. Um, so Daddy Mox. That's right. Papa Mox is going to be back in action, apparently, in New Japan uh, at New Japan's first show. Um, 
it's going to be August 14th. It'll be New Japan's Resurgence taking place in Los Angeles, California. Uh, and, uh, of course, John Moxley is advertised for the show as he is the IWGP United States champion. So it doesn't surprise me. But <clears throat> what uh, what is interesting is this should be a pretty killer show. New Japan's press release says that it will be hosted at the Torch in L.A. Coliseum. Resurgence will take place in the open air and in the sh- in the open air stadium in the shadow of the famed Olympic venue, uh, presenting a unique atmosphere appropriately rich in sporting heritages, uh, heritage. I'm sorry, a roster of names uh, befitting the iconic setting will be in action with the IWGP uh, United States heavyweight champion, John Moxley, the never open weight champion, Jay White and strong openweight champion, former UFC competitor, Filthy Tom Lawler leading the charge, along with many popular uh, breakout stars in the New Japan Strong and rising Japanese names, Ren Narita and Shada uh, Umino, uh, who makes his first appearance at a New Japan event since September 2019. So as we said, tickets go on sale Wednesday, June 30th, and they start at just $39. Not a bad deal for a New Japan card uh, at uh, the LA Coliseum. Um, man, if I could get out there, Kate, I would certainly attend this show. Yeah, I'm excited for them. They've had a really rough, uh, time, not just with COVID, but some of their top talent getting injured. So I'm very excited about what they're able to do on the U S side with the talent that's available and COVID restrictions getting a little bit lighter. So, Absolutely. uh, if you're in California, go to it. Cause it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah. And here's hoping that maybe they work their way East at some point through the end of the year. uh kate i don't know i now i know we talked about figures a little bit and pillow buddies um have you seen the aew replica title belt i did it's gorgeous um it's gorgeous and it better be for how fucking expensive it is (laughs) i was gonna say is it seven hundred dollars worth expensive no now replica belt is you can go on the jericho cruise for double that price get to go on the cruise and hold the actual belt and take a picture with it i will i will say this i was gonna consider it not for 700 like that's crazy but i was gonna consider it i was like okay if it was like 400 bucks like i think you can get like another replica belt around the same price i don't i don't honestly remember because the replica belt i have uh, was a gift and I only I bought hold on I bought a replica belt for my brother years ago uh, when I got married as a best man's gift but I don't remember how much that was so I might be saying 400 but like it's actually like 200 or 250 but like 700 is ridiculous I'm gonna tell you a secret between you and me and everybody listening you can just have Tony make you a replica belt. He'd probably do it for like 400 bucks. He can make belts. He did all of their, the Shining Wizards MBW wrestling belts. He made a nice one that was not made out of paper for Shining Wizards games. Just, I bet he would do it for half the price and he is a belt mark. So he would make it look great for you. It won't be that pretty. I know that much. The only other the other bummer about it though is they said that it wouldn't actually ship till like late 2021 and you probably won't get it till 2022. So you're going to shell out 700 now and you're not going to get it back for at least 6 months. Like yeah, it no. just seems crazy. It 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 does look gorgeous. It's such a pretty belt. 
it, I would, yeah, I would love funny. to have one to put next to the other one I have. Talk but, to Millionaire Matt. You know what? Good point. When he comes back from the Great White North, I will um, I will talk to him. Uh, Kate, we talked last week about Tony Khan's uh, profile in Forbes and how a big part of that was basically talking about his investments uh, into different areas, including video games. Well, he's gotten a lot of criticism uh, and he has uh, given some kind of pushback um, uh, in an interview he did with PW uh, Pro Wrestling Insider. Uh, and um, he says he's confident that his investment's going to pay off in huge ways in 2022. Um, he said there, you know, a few kind of quotes here. Um, uh, oh, I did move him around, Kate. Hold on, I'll get there. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, I didn't forget it. I got it. Anyway, um, so so Tony Khan basically said in a few uh, in a few bites, uh, he said in 2022, we're going to have a huge year uh, when we start seeing the receipts of the games, when we have a great uh, and we have a great TV contract. Uh, basically, what he's saying is that, um, you know, in 2022, they're going to have a full year of two television shows. Right. So that's, you know, going to be partial in 2021. But he said um, uh, in 2021, he was he was basically making the investment. And while a lot of people were pulling out and cutting back and not investing during uh, the pandemic, I made an investment in people uh, and also, frankly, a huge investment in video games. I'm an investor in the gaming space, and I think I've been a savvy investor. I made a large investment with my family and, uh, and that I pushed uh, my family to make and kind of along with AEW. I would describe it as one of the two investments uh, where I've kind of dragged my dad across the goal line a little bit. <laughs> Uh, he said they he said that they put twenty million dollars into Epic Games, which looks pretty smart now because it's worth a lot more than than that uh, when they invested. Uh, so he says he knows a lot about gaming uh, and that you know um, uh, with Kenny kind of behind it, you know he's you know got a little cachet. So I mean he's defending his position. I understand what he's saying. It's funny because it's you know we were talking about it last week. Like this is not for the now. This is for the you know, years to come where you're going to see the money come back. Cause I got news for you, Kate video games aren't dying. I just, the only thing I don't like about this is that he even bothered to defend it. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, it's just so dumb. Like, of course it's going to be sunken costs up front because you're starting a video game from scratch. Of course, you're not going to see a return on your investment before it's released nobody has any idea what AEW's books like except for tk like just just dumb just dumb marks so i like everything he said i just think he shouldn't have assigned any weight to the stupidity out there but um but i i liked it and god bless his dad for having a kajillion dollars and risking some of it for his son <laughs> yeah just insane <laughs> um and kate sorry i didn't realize that in the order i switched them around because i had my tabs laid out differently here so this is actually news coming hot off the press yesterday that aew star joey janela was kicked out of a school board meeting uh in florida apparently uh he interrupted a seminole county school board meeting tuesday and was subsequently kicked out for trolling the officials in attendance in what appeared to be a Borat style appearance. Um, Janelle was at the meeting. 
uh, along with uh, released WWE referee uh, Drake Wirtz, uh, who has been actively protesting against mask mandates in recent months, and he's promoted conspiracy theories related to QAnon, which is fucking insane. Um, after getting kicked out uh, of the meeting, Joey Janela basically tweeted out, I was kicked out within five minutes for yelling at a doctor or something. He was a liar. Um, he also put out a video uh, where, uh, or, or there's a video, uh, I think from the Seminole County board where you can actually uh, hear uh, Joey uh, going on a rant at, you know, like a, you know, two hour mark, <laughs> uh, which, uh, you know, where he's kind of, I guess, trolling this doctor uh, word speech is, can also be heard on the video. Uh, and he continued uh, to insist that children shouldn't be forced to wear masks uh, and explained why he's against vaccinations. Uh, all stupid shit, I assure you. Um, so, yeah, um, apparently Joey got kicked out. Uh, he dressed up like a Florida man uh, and got kicked out of his local Seminole County school board meeting. Uh, and basically, uh, I think we're at the point now, Kate, and I don't have all the information in front of me, but Joey is now auctioning off uh, this Florida man, uh, I guess, costume or wardrobe um, for charity. Is that is that right? To a women's rights charity. He's auctioning off his Florida man plaid shirt, Oakley's. And what else? There was another thing in there. Is I think like a, a, a ball cap, I think. Yeah, like a Bass Pro or like a USA yes. ball cap. Yeah. I was just in hysterics seeing the news, seeing what he did, seeing that the news acted like it was a shoot and didn't know he was a wrestler, like just like the Florida local news, um, seeing that he was trolling Drake Wirtz. And yelled at a doctor that he was a liar. He released a video of him practicing his Florida man persona on the way over because his initial intention was to actually speak at the meeting, but you had to fill out paperwork beforehand. I was laughing so hard at this. It totally like falls in line with what he's doing right now, too, as the bad boy. Like, I love that this feels like when wrestlers call into show, like when MJF's calling into rip into LaGreca and talk about like eating his wife's pierogies after his sex with her. Like it felt so right. much in that vein, but he does funny shit like this all the time. He's like sending uh Cornette kiss the cock aprons. Like I just, I love, I love this Joey. I love him. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah. It, it is really funny to see kind of what he did. And it's funny because he's like, he took pictures like right next to words with him. Um, but it was clearly had no idea who he was. No, like, no idea. Yeah. He um, didn't like think like, Oh, we're getting a picture. Cause Joey Janelle is on my side. He like, was just like, this guy wants a picture. He probably thought he recognized him from WWE. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Right. So yeah, that might be the best, one of the best stories of the week. Oh and God. it's, it is our last story, Kate. That is the end of our night. This it's the second by. best story of the week because the first best story is another year around the sun with you, my friend. That's not true. It's just another day. <laughs> just another day. Well, I'm very thankful you were born. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I, I'm pretty glad I'm here too. So thanks. 
<laughs> um, so, Kate, I, I know we mentioned it before. Uh, we are going to be in Baltimore July 11th uh, for the Ring of Honor. I mean, I know it's not AEW, but it'll be the Ring of Honor Best in the World pay-per-view. Uh, believe it or not, Matt's going to take a trip back from Canada to come with us. Uh, Kate and I will be there. Uh, the doctor who shall not be named will also be there with us. Milwaukee Tom and his lovely wife are tagging along. So we're going to be hanging out in Baltimore. Uh, please yeah. come up and talk to Matt. He loves interacting with you guys. There's nothing more he wants than to talk wrestling with live fans out in the open. Absolutely. 100%. In droves. In droves. Oh Come my to God. him in droves. So we also know we're going to be at the ballpark earlier in the day. We found that out. So we're going to the baseball game earlier in the day. We're making a whole trip out of it. So uh, I think what we're going to do, Kate, we're going to have to figure out, like, maybe we can put something up in the Facebook uh, the Facebook, like, an event or something. If people are going to be there, we can figure out maybe where sure. we can meet up and say hello to people. We'd love to hear if uh, we'd love to talk to you and meet up with you if you're going to be there and you listen to our show. So, uh, so we'll figure that out. And then obviously we're looking forward to AEW in the fall here in New York and New Jersey. We're going to uh, dynamite in Newark. And then we're trying to get, as soon as the tickets go up, we're, we're going to try to get our tickets together for um, the Arthur Ashe, uh, you know, New York city slam or whatever they're calling it. I can't remember uh, the grand slam um so we got a lot of stuff coming up um but if you want to see whatever we're doing follow us on social at mark order pod on twitter instagram um tiktok you can follow us on facebook if you're watching us on facebook now thanks uh but if you got people uh who you need to turn on to us uh send them to facebook give us a follow facebook.com slash mark order pod um and as we start to get more active we're going to be a little more uh, interactive on our uh, social channels like hopefully more pictures on instagram more shit on facebook more videos on tiktok oh kate our tiktok's gonna be lighting up when we go to baltimore Ooh, yeah I it mean, is we're gonna be tiktoking all around the mean streets of baltimore and the inner harbor uh Matt's jimmy's gonna do one of the dances matt's gonna do a tiktok dance got to we're going to jimmy's that day too by the way kate because last time we went to baltimore i was told oh it's too late i gotta go home uh so we're definitely going to Jimmy. yeah well of course boo um so yeah follow us on social uh we will be back next week on wednesday night uh after we've had a live dynamite uh so um so i don't know how much of the saturday show we'll be talking about next week but uh, we're gonna try to watch it in the discord so we'll put it out on social channels how you can join uh the shining wizards discord and then be ready to kind of chat with us and and you know say what's up on saturday night when we're watching the show um but other than that kate other than all of that is there anything you would like to plug or say in closing just get into that shining wizards discord we have so much fun in there doing the watch alongs talking about everything under the sun wrestling movies music there's a memes and shit channel which is highly underrated there's ddpy definitely join in there and also of course uh thank you to the shining wizards podcast and the shining wizards network for having us on there um be sure to check out the other shows that are there but yeah follow us at mark order on all the socials can't miss us or at mark order pod usually yes mark at mark order pod across all the channels and even facebook um 
Well, Kate, it's been another fun night. We've made it out of episode 13 unscathed. Uh, you know, so I don't think we're dealing with the full moon. It's not a Friday the 13th and uh, the 13th episode. So I think we got away with one here. Uh, and I look forward to our show next Wednesday, same time, 1015 on Facebook Live, uh, where we'll be talking about all things AEW. Uh, and getting closer to our Baltimore trip. Hell yes. And hopefully if Matt gets his passport in time, uh, he might be able to join us, but I'm not holding my breath. He seems pretty happy with his new Ron Swanson life. So God bless him. Yeah. I mean, we'll cross our fingers. Maybe he'll get bored of it, but (laughs) you never know. We'll see what happens next week. But Kate, thanks for joining me. Air kisses. Thanks for the happy birthday. Uh, that's why I'm throwing you the the air kiss. Uh, and um, we will see everybody soon. Uh, and we will talk to you next week here on the Mark Order Podcast, part of the Shining Wizards Network. This concludes the Mark Order Podcast. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Join the Mark Order.